Hello and welcome to the second episode of Jan, Jan, fuck. the second episode of Jan's Got a Pod, a podcast dedicated to the films of actor, writer, director, and musician Thomas Jane. I said Jan, Jane's Got a Pod. Yeah, I was, I was about to call you out on that. Yeah, sorry. Uh, tonight's episode is 1999's Deep Blue Sea, the film where Thomas Jane swam alongside an actual shark only after all his other uh, scenes were done filming. That's re- really? Yeah, that's the only way. That would be like, like, did he ask to do it and then they'd actually use it in the movie or what? What? Uh, I don't know the context, but yeah, we'll get to where I think it is. But yeah, they're like, okay. they're like, hey, all your other scenes are done. So if you fucking die, you want to jump in? Yeah, you jump in. Okay. So as you already hear his smooth uh, voice here, discuss this flick is Gary Davis. Gary Davis. Okay. Excuse the dogs. Once again, the studio is currently at my parents' basement. So, um, <laughs> Okay, so Deep Blue Sea. He doesn't live down here, though. No, no, uh, not yet. Uh, <laughs> Deep Blue Sea was released August 1st, 1999, with a budget of $60 million and a total box office gross of uh, $73,648,000. So if you consider the budget, the production budget of 60000 you have to double that, or sixty million. I was gonna say sixty thousand. Sixty million. God, I'm really bad. Talking is hard. Uh, with a budget of sixty million, so you double that for rule of thumb is you double that for uh, uh, marketing. So 120. They only domestically they only made 73. So not really. Wasn't really a hit. But worldwide gross was 164 million. What came out around this time that like would have knocked it off, or was it just people didn't think this movie was great? Oh, uh, you know what? I will go to Google real quick. We will look that up because, like, I was I was trying to think of like what you said ninety nine August August ninety nine. Um, I mean, maybe people were just freaked out about Y two K enough that they're like, I I don't have time to watch a movie. I gotta I gotta be thinking about Y two K. You know, but when all the planes are gonna fall out of the air and we're all gonna die, and then were, we didn't. Were you Were you in the Y two K? Were you a Y two K guy? Well, I was ten, so. Um, How old was I? I mean, I had that like fear of like, um, like well, you don't know what's gonna happen. Like, I thought it was all BS, but I remember like in school them changing all the stuff at the school so the school computers didn't shut down. But I was like, well, I don't really care if the school ones shut down. What about the ones that make planes fly and stuff like that? Is that gonna be a problem? And then it wasn't. Nothing happened basically. Okay, here we go. Yeah, movies released in August of 1999, present company excluded. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Iron Giant, August 4th. The animated one? The animated, yep. Huh. What other one would it Never, be? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, this one could have been competition for it. Uh, August 6th was The Sixth Sense. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, do you remember this one, Mystery Men? No. Uh, that was Ben Affleck, Pee Wee Herman. Uh, not Ben Affleck, uh, Ben Stiller. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Ben Stiller also plays a really good Batman. <laughs> yeah, you know, is that one where they they had they were superheroes, but they had like really stupid uh, powers and stuff. No, one was called like the Shoveler because he had a shovel. That sounds like a good movie. Yeah, uh, sorry. No, right. uh, August thirteenth was Detroit Rock City. August about Kiss. Uh, I think it's about going to see Kiss. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then we got Dick. Um, that movie where they go see Dick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the president. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, August thirteenth was Bowfinger, the Steve Martin. Um, yeah, I remember that one. He where he's like a secret agent kind of thing. No, no, no. Bowfinger is one. They're trying to make that movie, but he 
can't get permission to do anything or use actors he wants to use. So he just like, uh, he's just like, okay. So he sees an actor coming out of the building. So he tells his crew they're like, okay, she is so method. She's not even going to, she's not even going to acknowledge that we're acting. We're going to say action. And when she comes out of the building, you just do your part. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah it, okay. it, it's pretty good. Yeah. And then uh, I never heard of this one. August thirteenth was better, better than chocolate. No, I don't remember that. Uh, Mickey Blue Eyes with uh, uh, the the British guy that got caught with a tranny. Uh, <laughs> uh, Hugh Grant. I'm not up on my tranny. Uh, news. You are a liar. <laughs> and then finally, uh, Brendan Fraser, August twenty seventh, um, Dudley Do Right. Oh, okay. So, it, so it, not a lot of competition other than Sixth Sense, Sixth which I'm Sense. sure that was like knocking stuff out of the park. Iron Giant was a sleeper, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I never, I still never seen it. Well, clearly Dick wins over everything. Yeah, so exactly. Okay, uh, it always does. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so worldwide gross, it uh, it made its budget back um, enough to get a sequel, but it can't. I think the sequel came out last year, or the year before, so. Really? It took that long for the sequel to come out? Yeah, yeah. Uh, here, I'll look it up real quick. Um, <laughs> was Thomas Shane in that, too? No. <laughs> like, just like no one from the original cast is on. No, I don't even think it's the same plot. I think it's I like just, how it's like it's enough to get a sequel, I th- and then it's like 14 years later. I think it's later. just the cash in on the title. Really? All right. Yeah, yeah. It's kinda, is it kind of like the Cloverfield thing where they had to like they had to take the money to make Cloverfield and have it a Cloverfield movie, but they basically made it nothing like Cloverfield until like the end? Ten Cloverfield Lane? No, yeah. that's not how that worked. Oh, I thought that's how that, someone no, told me no. that's how that worked. Uh, okay, so uh, you remember the plot to the movie we're getting ready to discuss, okay? Yeah. So 2018, so almost 10 years. No, wait. I don't do math. Almost 20. 20 years, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, almost 20 years later, we get a sequel. A brilliant billionaire named Carl Durant is experimenting on bull sharks, which soon rebel to cause havoc for a group of scientists. So basically, just like the first movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. We've got no returning. Well, I mean, Thomas Jane and LL Cool J could literally be the only returning characters. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Well, that's true. You can't have the other ones. Yeah. Unless yeah. it was a prequel. Yeah. Oh, prequel. That'd have been sweet. Um, it sits at a three point three. Out of ten, on Internet Movie Database. That sounds about right. Yeah, we may just watch. Me and you just may watch this for fun. Yeah, I think so. Not every not not everything has to be done for yeah, a podcast. Come on, Gary. Yeah, it's not all work. No, get back and relax. People, I don't have many friends, but people are like, uh, "Yeah, you want to hang out? Is it for a podcast, Adam? Where we actually? Got yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he tricks you into doing. Yeah, a yeah. podcast. Um, okay, so he back, told me there'd be pizza here tonight. Did I really? No. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I've used that live before, so I wasn't sure. Uh, Here's your Jack's pizzas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so it's got a commutative, uh, commu- cumulative. Thank you. Yeah. Worldwide gross of 164 million. Uh, it sits at 59 percent on the tomato meter um, and 38 percent of the audience score. We're talking about Deep Blue Sea One. Deep Blue Sea One. The yeah. Ridge. The Ridge. The 38 uh, percent of the audi- audience score Rotten Tomatoes and uh, 5.8 out of 10 at Internet Movie Database. Does Rotten Tomatoes mean anything to you? Um. No, not really. (laughs) Well, Well, okay, so here's the thing. I try not to watch movie trailers for the most part because I feel like they give too much away. That's one thing. And then, um, two, I kind of don't like movies that are popular anyway. 
like I'm weird like that. Yeah, you're a hipster. Yeah. I get accused of being a hipster. Yeah, exactly. But I'm really the like Adam made me watch The Dark Knight eventually and I was like, I don't want to see it. This movie sucks. Then I watched it, I was like, that's actually really cool. Yes. So um And uh Inception took you forever. I still haven't seen that. I thought you said you saw no. Inception. Uh-uh. You won't let me borrow it. So Wait, that's Christmas was it Dark Knight Rises? No, you saw Inception. No, I didn't. I've never seen Inception. We saw Dark Knight Rises at your house one time. We've yeah. never seen Inception. Uh, okay, all right. Anyway. I'm sorry. Okay. So, well, there was like a... Wasn't there like recently, like in the last couple of weeks, wasn't there like a controversy over Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, like they... Oh, Tro- they Trolls um, or something, right? They took off the pre-reviews for the new... Uh, was it Captain Marvel? They took off the pre-reviews of that because of internet trolls. They didn't want people to like slant it and be like uh, anti-feminist and stuff like that. So they shut down the pre-reviews of it. Which, why would you have pre-reviews in the first place? No one's seen it. Why would anyone give a shit? Yeah. Why do you care what other people think about a movie? Yeah, as, Just watch it for yourself. Yeah, I mean, you think I would? You think we would have watched Dark or uh, Dark Country if it would have based off the ratings? No. Well, I would have. It was a great movie. You know, no, it okay. wasn't a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> but like, okay, so like me and you, we're friends. Yeah. We clearly don't like the same crap. I'll be like, yeah. Hey, Gary, you want to see this movie? You go, No. And no. I'm like, Okay, well, I'm still gonna go see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's as simple as that. Yeah, who who cares? Was well, like, Oh, Gary, don't want to go see it. I'm not gonna go see yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, all right. Yeah. All right. Do your own thing. Let me let me jump off my soapbox here and we'll yeah. get back down. Okay, Gary. As I wrote here, yeah. you stated that you've seen this one before. Uh, before I approached you for the podcast, what originally what drew you to the flick? Um, well, it definitely wouldn't have been um, seeing it when it first came out because at ten, I'm pretty sure I was still scared of movies like or uh, shows like Scooby Doo. So really, yeah, like the original. 60s? Yeah, my sister was really into Scooby Doo, and I used to be scared of it. Okay, all right. Fair um, so I don't know what made me watch it the first time. It must have been like someone else making me watch it. Like, that's the only thing I can think of. Because they're just okay. like, a, just, I don't think I would have picked that one out. I feel like I'm going to say that a lot on this podcast. I don't feel like the, I would have put that well, one out. Well, <laughs> there's, there's, I, should, I should subtitle this episode two, Is This Legit? Because I put a lot of, like, in the in the, in the script, Yeah, I'm going to ask you questions where I'm like, where something happens in the movie, I'm going to be like, is this legit? Like, is this what would happen? Oh, okay. Yeah, so. Good, because I actually took notes this time oh, okay. of things that definitely wouldn't happen. Oh, okay. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Now, so, okay. So we're going we're gonna to do a, uh, we're going to go through the movie. Uh, so spoilers if you yeah. haven't seen it. Plus, if you haven't seen Deep Blue Sea for fun. Come on. I ever it's 20 years Deep old. Um, now, we're, we're going to pick it apart. Not because we're cynical or, or asshole. Well, we are cynical and assholes. Because we have nothing better to I, do. Yeah. <laughs> I genuinely like this movie. We'll get to the rating later. But I'm just going to pick it apart just because I love the movie. And, I mean, it, it's just pure cinema. It's fun. It's not meant to be realistic. But yeah. still, just to pick just to pick it apart. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, spoilers. Okay, so, Deep Blue Sea. The, the flick opens on an aerial shot looking down on a boat in the middle of the ocean. It begins to push in. The more it pushes, it it lo- the boat looks really fake to me. Okay, so first question on the boat: there are two couples drinking and partying. Okay. Yeah. First off, how far into the ocean are they? Well, I actually this is weird. I actually looked in the background. You can actually see lights in the background, so I, I guess they're not too far because you can see lights on land. So, okay, so they're not that far up the coast. Yeah. So they've got. You're already worried about the waves, aren't you? Well, you know how much I. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, okay, so that answers one thing. Second, is it smart or safe to be in the – well, I guess they're not in the middle now that I know. But is it smart or safe to be even that far out in the ocean where everyone on board is drinking? 
And it's nighttime. Well, no, but they're like 17-year-old kids, 18, well, 21-year-old kids. They better be 21. <laughs> they better be 21. They, had, they, calling the they have video evidence yes. that they're drinking. Um, I mean, no, but a lot of people don't do safe things. So Yeah, but do you know, I would be... I would have a life well, that's vest because, on. Yeah, because we're like responsible. I'd be freaked out too. But yeah. I would be the guy sitting in the corner, like at the bottom of the boat, be like, "Uh, we need to go. We're yeah. gonna get busted by I don't, cops." I like, don't. I don't care. We're just not the I kind would of kids never, who would ever go to. A I party would like never that. be on the ocean in the middle of the night because I'm afraid of it during the daytime. Uh, you would have to tranquilize me yeah. with one of those harpoons that that Thomas Jane shoots because there's no effing way you're getting me <laughs> in the ocean at night. Um, okay. Uh, I wrote down uh, on my notes here, if that scene was remade today, the girls would be topless and they'd be smoking pot, not drinking wine. Probably. Yeah. So. I wrote down, I don't know if you noticed this, the girl in the orange bikini, I don't know if you can put pictures in this, but the girl in the orange bikini, I thought was Selma Hayek. And I thought she was actually in the movie before. Her, it's not. Her boobs were way too small to be Selma Hayek. Really? Selma Hayek. Oh, yeah. She's got like double Ds, man. Okay. Not to be a perfect. But that's what I actually wrote that down, Selma Hayek in orange bikini question mark and then i had to look it up and it wasn't <laughs> okay but yeah all right uh let's see here oh, oh let me scroll down here okay uh we get some classic shark stalker pov shots and what i have dubbed sharko vision sharko vision uh that, Which, that, that's not really how sharks would see right no because the shark's eyes aren't in the on, on its nose that's the thing that gets me in, this, in several parts of this movie, where it's like looking right out the front, which I know it's like a camera, but the shark's eyes are on its side, so it would like have to turn and see you, and then turn and see you the other way. What if we were only looking? And at actually, the... it doesn't even use its. I don't feel like it uses its sight a whole lot. Yeah, aren't they it's more, more like, of like heat? its senses? Yeah. Like heat, well, not right? heat, well, but like, like therm- don't they have? Like, don't they see like thermal, ther- thermally? I don't know about that. Like the predator. They're like the predator in the ocean. Is that what I'm confused? Am I yeah, confusing yeah, I sharks with the predator? The predator. Yes. God, I do that all the time. Yeah. Okay. Uses uh, a lot of things. <laughs> the shark breaks through the bottom of the boat. Um, oh, hold on. Back up a second. I yeah. wrote down uh, them dumping wine in the water, which made it look like blood, and apparently that attracted the shark. No, no. It's, I watched like it when with, the bottle spills. Yeah, yeah. I know. What you're talking, I, I watched that with another buddy, and he said the same thing. I just took it as like a visual metaphor. It's supposed to be like blood. Like yeah, it, blood's gonna be in the water. Yeah, it's just like a visual metaphor. I don't think it. I don't think it's meant to be the shark sees this. Yeah, and it's like oh, this is clearly blood. Yeah, hmm, this dude is drunk off his ass. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, that's just how I took it. I, sharks I mean, just sent, well, I took it as sharks just sense all things that are red in this universe, not just blood. Oh, the deep blue sea universe. Yeah. Okay. Deep all right. blue sea universe. Uh, the shark, uh, the shark breaks through the bottom of the boat, knocking the couples into the water. If I was the Selma Hayek lady, yeah, and I found myself knocked in the water with a giant shark i'd be pissed off because he knocks her in the yeah water. because the only reason i'm in the water is yeah. my jackass date yeah. has you know knocks me into the water yeah i'd be pissed off i mean we're talking about like besides the fact there's a shark in the water if she's like knocked out concussed like someone needs to like you know get in there and save her so okay so this is clearly the first shot of the sharks we see it's pretty legit right I yeah mean, it's like i thought they were yeah I mean, it, that had they did build animatronic sharks. Did they the animatronic sharks that they built? Were, you could definitely tell later. Were so no, well, no, well, that was CG. Oh, okay. But they built practical sharks, and according to uh, Samuel Jackson and uh, oh, I can't ever say his name, uh, Stellan Skarsgård, uh, he's the dude who gets his yeah, yeah. bitten off. Mm-hmm. He actually thought they were the the actual because the, they had some sharks on set, and they thought they were the real. Sure. Really? I don't know if that was just hype for the movie. Yeah. But that's what they claim. Huh. But I thought that was a pretty good looking shark. Yeah. 
it goes downhill quick from there. Yeah. But, um, so, okay, so the shark breaches the boat, and then instead of just grabbing the guys, because they're, they're literally just right next to the boat, he, he swims away so he can taunt them like a like a serial killer movie. Yeah. A slasher movie, so he, you can get that classic fin, uh-huh. fin shot. Yeah. Um, so, like, like I said, I, I don't want to nitpick the movie because I really love the movie. It's just I'm nitpicking it because of love. That, that, that's all. <laughs> I, I want people. I to... want it to be better. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, I really like the shot of one of the, the one of the couples are trying to get back on board and they're like pulling on one of the ropes, which yeah. I guess is the what would that rope? Oh, the tie off from the dock. Yeah. And as they're pulling it up, they paint up and see that there's like a bunch of uh, excess rope up there. Um, I thought that was a cool uh, gilding the lily shot as the the shark is approaching. Um, and then just as the shark is about to munch down, it gets harpooned and we get the badass intro to Thomas Jane's character, Carter Blake, who reminds me, it's like, he's the, uh, crocodile Dundee of the sea. Do basically. you think that's why he went blonde? I, yeah. I, okay. yeah. Cause but I look, or like the Steve Irwin of the sea. Yeah. Okay. That's what I took okay. it as. So do you think that's why he's Steve blonde? Irwin, Sea uh, Irwin, you know who else, you know, you know who, uh, what birthday Steve Irwin has? What? February 22nd. You know who else was born on February 22nd? Who? Me and oh, Thomas yeah. Jane. That's right. That That's no joke. That's weird. Yeah. Um, anyway. Strange. Um, so anyway, uh, badass intro. It, was that a practical? I mean, I guess there was no other options. What, what, how I don't think that. Sh- well, I don't know. I don't know. Well, would you, the shark hit your boat like that? I don't know. Or like just jump up through the middle? Well, we find, well I mean, they are genetically altered sharks. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't think... Uh, uh, I'm only an amateur sharkologist, Gary, but I, I would say amateur. <laughs> I would I dabble in sharks. I would say that <coughs> if you're only if you're only because I think they said later that they have a 12 foot tiger shark that he gets a license plate out of. If you're only, I think t- that's the same shark as. The oh, one that it wasn't out. one of the gins. No, I think it was. But remember when they go into the and you're showing showing the pens, they show like this is the gin one sharks. I think that's one of the ones that got out. Right, right, but what I'm saying is, like an actual shark. If you're, if you're, if you're only this big and you see something bigger, you're not going to. Well, like with most, almost all animals, they go for the easy targets. So they're not right. going to go try and take down like a big boat. They're going to go uh, try and attack like the easy like fish that's already injured or like seal, Gary, like baby seals on top of the ocean. Gary, there's wine in the water. That's true. He's clearly drunk. He wanted to the get shark drunk. is drunk. Yeah, the shark he wanted to get up, wicked drunk. He came up and was like, it's time to get crunk, bitches. Go, <laughs> okay. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Okay. So, uh, he just wanted to party. Uh, <laughs> Jump scares. Oh, wait a minute. That's what he's all about. So, yeah. Um, okay, done with that scene. Moving yeah. on. Okay, so now we move on to the board. Uh, the board well, the, board the only thing I'll say on that scene is where the hell did he come from? That he's just like so like, and he's they kept this the scene where it ends and like he shoots it and drags it back and everything like that. He looks like he's so like nonchalant. Like normally you'd be like, hey, hold on, guys, I'll shoot him, and not just like, I got him. That's how <laughs> that's how cool Carter Blake is, man. <laughs> Plus that that was my question. So well, you kind of answered it because they're not. I guess they're not that far from the. From the coastline. Well, how far from the? Well, here, here's how the thing. Far here's from the, the Sea Lab are they? Yeah, because remember they show the map of the Sea Lab, and it's like way off the coast. Yeah, like and, and then the aerial miles. in the aerial shot. Yeah, you can't so see where are shit. they? Yeah. Did this shark get like way away? Yeah, and do they have like a GPS tracker that he knows exactly where it's at? Yeah, and why didn't he catch it sooner? So many questions. Yeah, fucking. Yeah. Maybe who directed not, this? Rennie Harlan. Who wrote it? Some dude. 
he, well, that also that also wrote about. Deep Blue Sea too. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So after that, we get the board meeting scene. They should have uh, called it Deep Two C. Deep Two C. Yeah. Is it like Deep Blue Sea too? Oh, why don't they put deep and then instead of B, put the T or put the two, two yeah. L U E. Yeah. Uh, Probably wasn't even worth uh, spending all that time on that. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, the opening is followed by the board meeting scene. We are introduced to our female protagonist, Saffron Burroughs, Dr. Susan McAllister, mm-hmm. and Samuel L. Jackson's Russell Franklin. Um, I wrote down here, McAllister is wearing a very 90s female suit jacket skirt combo. I actually was going to bring this up later okay. because there's one scene where it's like, it's funny to see old movies like this. Like in the time, it probably wasn't that weird. Yeah. But then like you see it later and it's so um, dated Yeah. because yeah. it's like, it's the baggy, it's yeah. the super baggy yeah, uh, pantsuit. It's just, it's ill-fitting and yeah. it's just like draped across her shoulders. Yeah. Like it hasn't been tailored at all. Yeah. No, no. Like I forgot, like remember when, uh, well, you probably don't remember, but. Like when baggy suits used to be like the thing. Zoot suits? Well, no, like before that. Well, I'm saying like like eighties, like business suits were all like super baggy. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh shoulder pads yeah, and shit. All that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a bad let's time. Not bring that back ever. No, it's not. Yeah. Um okay. Uh let's see if we're still uh still recording good. I'm paranoid. <laughs> um okay. We also hear the main reason for the experimenting on the sharks. Uh yeah. Sharks don't get cancer, so they think they are the key to curing Alzheimer's. Not exactly. I'm going to mispronounce that. No, it's that they don't get cancer. They don't um, get Alzheimer's. And uh, there's like two other things they mentioned that they don't get. So they're basically like this anomaly, which is not exactly true. There's some types of sharks that they don't think get cancer. Right. Or it, if they do, it doesn't affect them and kill them in the way it does us. Well, okay. So Rennie Harlan, you bring that up as the director. He, on the director's commentary, he mentions this because this movie gets a lot of flack for scientifically inaccurate yes. inaccuracies of yeah. sharks. But on the director's commentary, he claims he did a bunch of research on sharks. Mm-hmm. And at the time of the re- of the movie, the research uh, said stated that certain, these sharks don't get cancer and they don't right. sleep. And he goes, now, at the time of me doing the commentary... This scientific this scientific knowledge is no longer viable, and, yeah. and it is inaccurate. But at the time we were making this movie, that was well. It's like space movies back in the fifties. Like if you go back and watch space movies now um, from back in the fifties, you're like, oh god, look at the dumb stuff they thought happened. But that was before they knew there was like stuff burned up in the atmosphere and you had to develop like this and you couldn't land on planets like the way you thought you could. It's just bizarre to see those movies now and what they thought space was like. Yeah. But then knowing now that it's completely different, same kind of thing. What is what is something what is something now we can make a movie on that we have we could we just guess. That we had like no idea about. Yeah. Um the bottom of the the bottom of the no we pretty much well we, we, mean, we like, know more about space and the bottom of the ocean, but... Well, uh, like, maybe, like, the inside of planets, like, the inside of Jupiter. What's like what's it like on the inside? Or, like, green. what's it like on the inside of... Yeah, exactly. Or, like, um, what if we were able to terraform Venus or something like that? And then, in like, two years from now, Yeah, and we're do like, it we don't know what this would look like. Yeah. It's all purple there. And then you come, and then, like, boom, they're like, it's you guys are idiots. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's green, you dumbasses. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty uh, Just plant some trees. Uh, the company, okay, so the company hasn't seen any results, so Russell Franklin is being sent to the lab to check it out. Um, and it sounds like they're cutting off funding. Yes, because, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, 
Which have you seen the Meg? That's kind of a little bit of the I've plot. I've not seen the Meg. The Meg. Oh, really? okay. Well, never mind then. Like they're gonna cut off the funding to that. Yeah. Well, the the owner, uh, who's the uh, Rain Wilson's character, who's given them billions of dollars for this, has to visit the uh, C Lab. I wonder where they got that idea from. This movie, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I wrote down nice wig on Samuel L. Jackson. Look, I don't think it was. Do you think he, I think he, he threw it out? Didn't he, he? No, he's bald, isn't he? I thought he was no, bald. No, he's not. He wasn't, he wasn't bald in uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, it was a wig. Was it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, maybe it was a wig. Okay. Nice wig then. Uh, I, I had to. I had to. I had to look him up because he looked familiar, but I thought it was weird. We also see a white dude that sits on the desk. Yeah. Doesn't say a damn. Doesn't say a damn word. Just sits there and stares at. Uh, that's Franklin's boss. He he's credited as Franklin's boss. Uh, he's played as he's played by Ronnie Cox. He's the head of Omnicorp and RoboCop. Yes, yeah. that's why you look familiar. That is a weird get. That why would you very, get that guy just yeah. to sit there? Yeah, he's like a t- yeah. So he, but he did say stuff, didn't he? No, he didn't say a didn't single say word. Wow, no. what was that about? That's it. Maybe they needed like a typical like um, big bad business guy. Yeah. Like, let's get the guy from RoboCop because that's the typical big bad business movie. Maybe it's 1999. We weren't yeah. as racially advanced as we are. Maybe they're like, we can't. We we the all mass audience. The the Ku Klux Klan members won't accept a black guy. They won't come watch our movies. Yeah, yeah. Little did they know those people aren't watching movies anymore. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, okay. Any more about that scene for movie? No. Okay. So the next section I put intro to the Aquatica parentheses Sea Lab twenty twenty one. You know what I liked about this scene is it's basically almost like the beginning of Jurassic Park when they like let's take a helicopter out to this uh, yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also put uh, parentheses exposition diarrhea because it's just oh man exposition after yes. exposition after all the stuff. They're like this is an old World War Two base. Blah blah blah. And oh, they're telling I brought, some, I brought something up about. Uh, I'll get that here for a second. Uh, so the airplane's flying in uh, helicopter. Here. No, it's an airplane. Oh yeah, you're right. It's it is an airplane. Yeah. 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 Um, the here we get exposition on uh, Samuel Jackson's character uh, uh, about the Alps, yeah, or whatever. Uh, I like how she they're like um, Himalayas. And he's like it was the Alps, and yeah. he's just like, yeah. I mean, those are two completely separate mountain chains. I like, mean, that, uh, he climbed uh, the Rockies. No, it, it was the Appalachians. It, it seems like a realistic conversation that because that seems like something. She's, but but uh, he's talking to a scientist. Right? Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. It was like a weird. Yeah, I know what you mean. No. So then we land, and we're, we're, we get the tour of the Sea Lab, plus we get our remaining... Oh, sorry, Samuel Jackson starts talking about this World War II base thing that they converted and everything like that on the right end. Wouldn't right. he know that? Like, if he's part of the group that's paying for the project, it's like, that's why it's, like, it's exposition diarrhea. You're telling things to people who already know more about it than Right, you but, but I'm, I'm kind of okay with that because he comes in and he's greeted by Blondie. Uh, that is... Uh, God, I have her name here. Janice Higgins. She's played by Jacqueline McKenzie. Um, she like her the tour guide. And yeah, he, and he's like, she's like, he's like, just treat me like a tourist. So maybe he he knows, but he's just letting test it. I, I don't know. I yeah, just, I don't know. <laughs> he's seeing if she's worth her job. It's probably how much do you know about this lab? Uh, <laughs> it's probably honestly, like you say, it's probably just a writer. Fuck, it's gonna sound stupid. Yeah. Oh, oh, just treat just me like a that. tourist. So, yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, how would you explain him? Explain to this guy who already knows everything about the business. Oh, just uh, treat me like a tourist. Perfect. <laughs> but okay, so I felt like back in the airplane, I felt like they were setting Samuel L. Jackson up to be the hero because they talk about how he survived this right. 
but so and we'll talk about later what yes. happens. But he's clearly not the hero. Um, so then we meet the uh, Aquatica. Uh, it's a refurbished and retrofitted World War II submarine loading structure. Is that tender? Is that it's legit? a submarine tender? So like they would they had it out in the ocean on this like shallow-ish part, and they would take and fuel up submarines there so they didn't have to bring them all the way into base and all the way back out. So they'd fuel them up there out in the middle of the ocean, and hopefully no one knew where it was at. So, like, they could go... Ten- now, actually, in real life, most of them were mobile. Like, they were actually ships that the submarines would come up beside. They would hook them up, pull them a little bit out of the water, fuel them up, reload them, re-put, like, new ammo, new provisions, all that stuff, and then drop them. Okay. So they're like these tender things. And actually, I think they still existed for the... Either they still exist or they existed for a very long time and now are starting to be like useless because like subs can just go for a long time now. But they would basically be like your thing to like, this is where you refuel it so you don't have to go all the way back to base. So only the top structure was the, the loading. Everything else below the water was... Well, the below the water would be like where you'd pull the subs in there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. I, I didn't know if that was legit or not. I, I don't know. know if this one's legit or not. Like what they have, I'm guessing it probably was, but um, most a lot of the other ones would have been mobile, like okay. the actual other ships they just refit. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so we get we get a cool scene of Carter removing a license plate from a 12 foot tiger shark. Mm-hmm. Um, that this I think is the scene where he swam Actually next to the shark because the shark looks real. Up until one, there is one little, little CGI part. But you know, you see him holding on to the. That, that surely that's probably just a a, a shark kept in captivity. All of its yeah, time. I would, not, not that it well, matters because I mean, a, a wild animal is a wild animal. But, but there's some wild wild animals that like if they're well fed, they're usually okay. Like the only reason they go aggressive and, and attack humans is because they're like really hungry sometimes, right. or you're just like in its space. Right? Or it's in the script. Or it's in the script. Yeah. Usually when it's in the script. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like bears, or not, well, I guess bears, but like other animals too. Like if they're not hungry, they basically don't give a shit that you're there. Yeah, because they don't have like human nature. Human nature yeah. is like, I'm going to fucking beat you up because you looked at me funny. Yeah. Animals don't give a shit. They're they're like, like, I don't care. No, they will get territorial. Like if another. Right, like, right, right. You know, but yeah. Um, the, the scene's badass. It shows Carter doing his shark foo. Yeah. Or shark gymnastics. Yep. Um. Cool. That clearly is not practical, right? There's got to be an easier way to. Get I wouldn't that think he'd be able to flip in the water faster than a shark would. Right. You know. But couldn't you just grab the license plate when it was up in the harness? Yeah, that's. I don't know why I mean, they. That was the an easier way, yeah, right? Okay. Exactly. Well, and plus, okay, so when they go into the exposition about how it got the harness or like the the license plate in its mouth, anyway, I have no idea what happened there. Like, what, I don't what, get yeah. it. Like when he's like, oh, it's something from the license plates from Louisiana. Right. Must have got like into this and blah, 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 blah. I have no idea what they were talking about. I missed that whole thing. Oh, he was being sarcastic because he, so uh, Burroughs' character is walking by and he throws up on the deck and she goes, Louisiana. And he goes, yeah, I got a theory Mm -hmm. that uh, he was bought in a pet shop and the owner couldn't handle it, flushed him down the toilet and then swam out through the gulf and blah, et cetera. Yeah, okay. Got it. Uh, Yeah, that was just sarcastic. Now, I want to bring this up. He gets up out of the water, fucking ripped, dude. No yeah, shirt. and I thought he had no leg. I thought he was missing a leg. Like that was gonna be part of the plot. Really? Because when he walks, when he gets up out of the water, one of his legs is behind the other one. No, you're thinking of the rock and skyscraper. 
You're confusing. The I've never seen that movie. Yeah, don't worry about it. Um, but it looked like he was like one legged. I I figured like part, this is gonna be more exposition diarrhea of like, yeah, he lost his he lost his leg to a shark, and he said it never happened again. <laughs> <laughs> He's still after the shark. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, okay. So anyway, he gets up out of the water, man. And He's jacked. Th- this is the difference between uh, movie making back then and movie making now. So he he's Jack. Any guy any guy today would be just just ought, would give a million dollars, give their fucking leg mm-hmm. to have that body, right? No, he's got hair on his chest. Whatever. Yeah. If that film was shot today, you know that he they'd have to be Jack like Captain America. Yeah, just or the like ro- even bulkier or, or the Rock. Yeah. yeah, just hugely Jack. They'd be clean shaven, no no hair, no you know, anywhere yeah. and stuff. So. Uh, I don't know why I got off on that tangent. <laughs> yeah, well, this was a, a extra scene for Adam. He liked to do some extra stuff in yeah, the background. Yeah, I got off on a tangent on that one. Yeah. Anyways, after, after the shirtless scene, we are introduced to the gins. Um, I wrote 800 pounds, but they're 8,000 pounds genetically. 8,000 pounds? Yeah, 8,000 pounds. Dang. They are 8,000 pounds genetically altered mako sharks um because sharks don't get cancer so they altered the genetics to create bigger brains to allow for more protein to fight uh alzheimer's Alzheimer's. but they don't mention the bigger brains until later right 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 yeah yeah. is that legit is that legit science or like oh i know i think it's totally made up yeah i think it's totally made up because uh you don't you can't give yourself bigger brains right i mean you can't like genetically well i think you probably could genetically alter gene structure but i i think like not only would you have to make it have a bigger brain, but you'd also have to make it more space on its head for a bigger brain and everything like that. Well, that's why they're eight thousand pounds. Oh, they're just bigger sharks. Bigger head case. Mm. Yeah, uh, exactly. Brain case. Uh, okay, so then uh, as we continue the exposition dump, we get into uh, McAllister's room where she's running through the procedure on the dummy on the model. Is that before they do the thing with? Thomas Jane being a dick to uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character. Oh, down because in the that part, shop. No, like when he gets out of the water and he's like, "Oh no, that's after." So yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. He goes. He he kind of had. He's not that much of a dick. He's yeah, just, but he's like the typical like. I'm a cool. This is like such a '90s movie when they're like, "I'm this cool badass ripped dude. I don't like corporations. I hate them." He's a, so he's bad. a hipster before a hipster. He's yeah. Basically, like so, the model for hipsters. So basically, it's like the average dude versus the well-educated, rich, rich Yeah, guy. exactly, yeah. Rich guy with a lot of money. Yeah. Here's a dumb guy who... But he wasn't that big of a jerk. He was like, look, man, don't don't fuck with me. I won't fuck with you type. Yeah, thing. exactly. And someone's like, that's that's the most he's talked in weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, usually you just get a uh, head nod. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so after that scene, uh, while the... Uh, exposition dump still going on. Uh, we see uh, Dr. McAllister and uh, uh, Stellan Skarsgård's character. They're inside uh, McAllister's room and they're kind of going over the procedure. She's got that, that dummy, that model that comes mm-hmm. into play later. And he's like, look, we can't do this. We're, we're rushing the, the procedure. We're not quite ready yet. And she's like, we don't have a choice. Yeah. Type thing. So we're more exposition dump. Yeah. Um, then we have a surprise birthday party for Dr. McAllister. Uh, this is pretty much where we've met all the characters. We meet uh, uh, Janice Higgins, played by Jacqueline McKenzie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in the 4400, 
40, uh, a TV show. Uh, Tom Scoggins, played by Michael Ra- uh, Rappaport. Yep. Uh, he was in The War at Home or Metro. And he was a bunch of a couple uh, TV shows in the early 2000s, too. Uh, the War at Home was a TV oh, show. Oh, that was the one? Okay. sitcom, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Jim Whitlock, played by Stellan Skarsgård. He was the teacher from Good Will Hunting. Yeah. Or as I know him as uh, True Blood's dad. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's the the blonde-headed dad. He, he The actor that that's in yeah, True yeah. Blood. He, okay, thank you. We got it. Uh, Preacher, played by L.O. Cool J. He's in uh, NCIS Los Angeles. <laughs> And a famous rapper is <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The, the the thing I love when they bring in him and his parrot, which is funny, because um, you always got to have like it's like every movie's got to have like the slapstick comedian thing like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he does a good job in the role. The thing I that cracked me up is like he didn't even use his own like they didn't use his own songs in the movie, which I guess that would have no, been weird because like in the, at the end like of later the movie. they do. Yeah, but right. I'm saying like during the movie they don't. Right, that's true. Yeah, um, but actually. Um, Funny note on this, I actually watched through the credits thinking there was something else there wasn't. Um, and, so thanks for that. You're welcome. Jerk. Um, I'll let, I saw you, know. That he I'll let was you know the, from now on. Yeah. He was the executive um, producer, or not, like he was the guy who basically like supervised all the music selections. No. So that's why, yeah. Well, so that's got, why it's got like a. That's uh, why it's got like a hip hop. Like all the hip hop scenes are like. No, there. really. Yeah, he was the guy who supervised having all the uh, music there. Well, then I got a question about that later. Then uh, okay. it's at the it's at the birthday party actually. Yeah. Um, let me get back to my script here. Okay, uh, and then finally we meet Brenda Kearns, played by Ada Tuturo. She's the lady up in the tower. I've seen uh, her in other stuff too. She is Mrs. Soprano in Sopranos. Janice Soprano. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I've seen a lot of the Sopranos, but lest we not forget the parrot, uh, who is voiced by many actors, including the director and the ever talented Frank Welker. Yeah, Who's, uh, what's he from? Uh, I think he's Skeletor. Oh yeah, plus, plus yeah, me. Same. yeah. That well, that was James. That song. was James Cagney. I okay, all right. uh, I, I think. Here's looking at you, kid. That so, wasn't James Cagney either, was it? No, that was James Cagney. Oh, was it? Right. Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so okay. <laughs> All right, so that brings me up to so the birthday party scene. You said LL Cool J was uh, in charge of the music, right? Yes. So LL is bartending, and then a hip-hop song comes on, and uh, Mrs. Soprano is like, oh, I love this song. Don't you love this song, Preacher? And he's like, I hate this song. So he's a famous rapper, so is that like a shot at one of his opponents? No, I think he was just like messing with them. Because he has a record label. And I, I think a few of these people who are in this are on his record. Though. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. All right. All right. That, well, that's a good. We should look that up though and double check though. Um, the thing I wrote out of this was: Do they dance to actual music in scenes like this? Do they actually play music and have them dance to it and then dub it over later with the actual music? Typically, okay. So typically they don't. They don't play music at, if there's. So if you're if you're shooting a party scene, yeah, and it's just a party scene, yeah. There's no talking. It's just camera moving yeah. through it. They they may play music. They may play. Uh, they may play music just so the extras have a sense of what of they're the doing. Beat. Now, if if they know what song they're going to use, they'll play the actual song. Yes. Or they'll play a song close to the song if they want to get. Yeah. But if there's dialogue going on, so they're actually doing a, a lot of this song selection stuff for in post, right? Typically, yeah. Typically, yeah. Okay. I mean, it depends on the writer director. Some directors, like Quentin Tarantino, he goes into it. And uh, or Simon, uh, uh, oh, fuck uh, Edgar Wright when he did uh, when he did uh, Baby Driver, mm-hmm. when he was writing the movie, he's like, this song will be played here, this song will be played but that here. That normally doesn't happen. No, no, no. 
And so what do they do in instances where there is dialogue? So when there is dialogue, uh, they'll, they'll say they may play a sample of the, of the song so the extras and the actors know what kind of, you know, if it's a slow yeah. song or whatever. And then, then they'll go, they won't play a song, they'll say action, and they just kind of dance to the song playing. And then if it's a loud rave and two actors have to be talking to each other, they'll just be yelling at each other. So if you actually watch behind the scenes, they'll be really quiet, and you'll just hear and feet shuffling. yelling at each other. <laughs> and then wow. yelling at each other. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I wrote down in this, the reason I wanted to ask that is because um, – they act like they're dancing to actual music, and it does not look like that. Like it's like the typical like this should be an example of white people dancing because like there's the black guy there, LL Cool J, like sitting there doing his thing, bartending and everything like that. There's a bunch of white people dancing to rap music, and had no idea how to keep up with the beat or anything yeah, like that. Okay, speaking of white people dancing, there's also a very classic '90s line that '90s type line that I don't feel is is said anymore. Where he's talking to Samuel L. Jackson's character about climbing up the he's like. Aren't you the dude to climb up the mountain? He's like, yeah, I'm that dude. He goes, uh, don't black folk have enough ways to die besides climbing up a mountain? Leave yeah. that to the white people. Yeah. Very 90s. Yes. I don't think you would see, hear that in the movie. Mm, not too much. Unless it was like a trashy Unless dick like and fart Dynamite. joke. To, <laughs> yeah, <Black laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay, so we see Thomas Jane's character, Carter, roll up in a nice, sexy, just average Joe just denim shirt, unbuttoned all the way down, so for two buttons. This is turning very and, and, and uh, khaki <laughs> pants. You analyze. I like how like uh, for uh, Saffron Burroughs character's like, yeah, she's wearing a pantsuit, but him, you like going into gross detail don't about do, his ripped abs. No, no, I'm a little jealous, man, because <laughs> I, I talk about it on the commentary I did for. But I'm a little jealous because you you know me, man. I'm layered. Yeah, my collars are super tight around my. Yeah, neck. you wear like six layers of clothes. Yeah, yeah I'm only wearing one today though. I know it's surprising. Yeah. Um, like I, I wish I could just, I wish I could just flow in, just put a button down up on, yeah. no undershirt, and just and rock it loose. Yeah, yeah. man. Uh-huh. Fuck, he's look good. <laughs> uh, okay, so anyway, Carter and McAllister, they they have a little convo. Uh, he states life is less complicated underwater than the surface. That surely cannot be true. Say it one more time. Life is more complicated underwater than on the surface. No, no. He he makes like a he. To me, it sounds like a really deep statement, but if you analyze it, it's fucking dumb. He states, life is less complicated underwater than the surface. That is not true. For one, you can't breathe underwater. Two, there's things trying to eat you underwater. Well, I guess it is more simplistic and like you don't have to deal with like relationships and like other things like that. It's just like, are you going to die and not die from the shark? Okay, all right. Um, I wrote down in this part um, two things. One was... The scene uh, right around this. Are they feeding sharks to the other sharks? Yeah, I don't know. Because I didn't know because that, that's when the 12-footer gets eaten by the gins. Yeah, yeah. I don't when know. When they drop that in, in there? Yeah, I didn't know if that was supposed to happen or they're like, whoa, they're fucking hunting in packs now. What is this? No, they seem like they're supposed to do that. But it, it's like, like I because like, you know, if you have a fish tank, you drop the thing in and the fish go crazy, right? But like, they look like they were feeding sharks to other sharks. Like, where were they getting those sharks from? Right, but... But if you remember during this convo where he's wearing a really cool outfit, he says like, "Hey man, these sharks are, these sharks are only eating sharks, and they got out of this fence." Yeah, because because he's saying like he's complaining about the one getting out that he had to go catch. Yeah, and he's like, "It got out." And he's like, "Well, I don't know, man. 
And they're like, well, it got out. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't worry they, about they, it. They He's back. Really, it's back now. They don't really explain how it got out either, right? Uh, but he no. said the one guy said he left the gate open. No, no. He said he didn't leave yeah, the gate open. Yeah, he said he didn't. But he was like Thomas Jane's character was questioning it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so that's pretty much. So after the. I co- also right now foreshadowing out the ass. Of. Is, like this whole first 30 minutes of the movie was oh. foreshadowing out the ass. Oh, yeah, yeah. And honestly, the whole movie is. Because like. Um, like I think if you want to teach film students about foreshadowing, at least like to get the concept, there's so many examples in here where you be like, look at that. That's a perfect example there. Because like all the times when he's like, is the fence reinforced? He's like, yeah, they're fine. And the other part too, where he's like, so the tranks I use on the sharks, he's like, it took three of them. He's like, no, you missed. He's like, no, I hit it. It took three of them. Yeah, he goes, no, he's it ch- took two. And he's like, yeah. and uh, Rapp- Ginger, I'm gonna call him Ginger. Ginger, yeah, that's Michael Rapaport's character. Ginger's like. Two of them would have killed it. And he's like, no. Yeah. And I hit him with two. Yeah. And he's still alive. Yeah. Um, okay. So after after the concern, he dumps his concerns off to McAllister. She's basically like, you're shit out of luck, man. Because if we don't do this, yep. we're all out of a job. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get the introduction of the storm heading towards the lab. And then the expedition dump is done. Mm-hmm. The action can commence the, the meat mm-hmm. of the movie. Um First time seeing this, if you remember, or even the, when you watch this for the pod, how, how are you feeling at this point? I'm like wanting the movie to get go. Like I'm hoping that's finally going to get going. If that makes sense, because like but, we're we're to the point where like okay, we get it. Like let's let's go. Let's start getting some stuff. And like they they do a good job at least of setting the tension, knowing that like something's going to fuck up. And granted, you're in there for like a movie, so you know what's going to. Right. But like they do a good job of setting up the tension. Like something's no. What if it was a bait and switch? Like they had this really cool trailer, <laughs> and then it was just like a slice of life Napoleon Dynamite yeah. style movie. And it was right. like a love romance thing, and yeah. he and like uh, Saffron Burroughs like start hooking. Yeah, up. Yeah, it was a rom com. Yeah, like exactly. the sharks can talk and they're yeah. like fuck it oh, that would be weird yeah exactly that would be uh, good just twist it so uh, as we talked about last week shoe leather are you, are you not so this movie's oh, besides the opening sequence the the next what would you say 20 30 minutes yeah is all shoe leather are yeah. you not a fan of shoe leather i'm okay with it i feel like this movie did a good job of like skipping past some of that stuff well here's the thing too I watched this on Hulu this time because I did too. Was on free. I did too. Did you notice how they like they like cut it up so there was breaks, but then didn't take commercial breaks? Oh, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. yeah so they fade to black and fade. It, I wonder if they if they got that from uh, or if it was a pay. It was it was some sort of pay format, um, or if you didn't have if you didn't have a subscription to Hulu, those were the commercial breaks went in, the ads went in, which made me wonder if this is a cut down like TV version of the movie. Well, I I don't I have the VHS version and everything seemed to be in that it. You was, that you was you remembered was in there. Okay, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So that's that was my fear because like I was I thought I was missing stuff because like yeah the, they had the cut points at like points where it naturally would. Do you think? Oh, uh, there was one that was fucking weird. Yeah. That well, what one was it? It was like right in the middle of an action sequence. I was like, what the? F- yeah, I know which one it was. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think it was in the uh, the tube later where they're going up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. Like, anyway. Yeah. Um, okay, okay. So uh, the next uh, the next section of action I labeled the big experiment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we we begin the big experiment sequence. Uh, Carter is scubaed up to retrieve the Gen One. Um, once again, I love the sequence. He's he's made to look like a badass. Uh, I very much acted this scene out in my mom's pool when I was younger. <laughs> but surely there's got to be an easier way. 
to get the shark, right? Other than, than like baiting him. Other than taking a human being out yeah. on these genetically altered super sharks. Yeah. Could you imagine the ins- like? Okay, let's talk about things that wouldn't happen. Maybe insurance risks alone. On that. Yeah, that's like, the head of the money. I'd yeah. be like, and Samuel Jackson's character, he's a dude putting the money. I'm like, get that dude out of here. Yeah. So when they're like, when they're like, so describe your risks on the job. Maybe they're far enough off this off the sea where international not, waters. Yeah, where they not OSHA's not applied. Yeah. Okay. Could okay. be. All right. Does OSHA apply on ships? We should look. Does that up. OSHA apply on oceans? Oceans. Oh, oh, sh- I was oceans. trying to. You got it. Um, okay, so he goes out in the chain link fence uh, tunnel, chain link fence tunnel, where we see sharks are now hunting in coordinated attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is made quite clear that they recognize his gun. Uh, they swim backwards, both of which are impossible for sharks. Yeah. Uh, then the Gen One starts taking out the cameras like they are in a heist movie. Yes. Um, even with a bigger brain, unless unless I'm talking to Carl Pilkington, even with a bigger brain, the sharks don't have a point of reference to know what cameras are or yeah, what guns I would, are. I well, mean, they might know what the gun is, I like guess. Like, dogs, dogs will recognize stuff like that. Like, they'll know that, like, this certain thing this guy holds and I get food afterwards. Okay, okay. I take the gun back. But the cameras, they're just... They, I wouldn't they, think it knows what a camera does. Yeah, they no. would. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, all right. If so, you think they would be talking at that point. Maybe they do like, talk. Hey, can you let me out of here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, one part in here you wanted to bring up about our. You were talking about stuff that wasn't sure or not. Right. They say this one guy says the shark's the oldest species. That's like or whatever. That's not even close to true. Oh, it's still. I mean, they're it's an old in species. the top ten. Right, right. One kind of shark is in the top ten, but it's not even close to the oldest. Species. Is it the great white? No. No, 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 no. It's um, some like little, like really small shark. Oh, it's in, like towards the bottom of the ocean. Oh, okay, I got you. that's like the only one. But um, actually, uh, like saw two, like salmon is way up there. I think. Well, he the scientist is uh, he's an amateur sharkologist, Gary. He's more of just <laughs> he's more of like a medical doctor. So right, he doesn't know everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, <laughs> so after that, to get the shark, Carter enters the open water and is quickly. Chased down by the Gen One. I'm uh-huh. assuming. Well, it was pretty big, so maybe it was a Gen Two. I think it was. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah. The uh, shark size in this movie vary wildly. Yeah, there, there's no like they talk about how big it is, but you never really feel the bigness. Yeah, and there's scenes where I'm pretty sure they show it bigger than it actually was. Because like that scene where they rip apart the when they feed it, that's like a 12 foot shark, right? So then if you extrapolate that based on the size of the ones that are attacking it those other ones are like huge like 25 feet sharks and then later on they're swimming around in places that are like yeah, barely human that through. 12 foot shark would be yeah exactly yeah. um okay so carter gives the so he uh he's quickly chased down by the gen one carter gives the shark the classic scuba tank shuffle mm-hmm. scuba diving 101 garage they teach that on the first day of scuba diving they do he, he's clearly a professional scuba diver. If a shark's chasing you, take off your scuba gear, leave the bubbles on, and then grab your little emergency thing. It'll attack the bubbles. So I loved it. I loved yeah. it all the time. Uh, he is somehow able to get a tranked 8,000-pound shark onto the platform. By the way, that is not at all how tranks work. Like, they take a little time. That's why, like, if... You know how you ever seen like when they um, go trank like rhinos and stuff like that? They'll fly helicopters and there'll be a dude on the side of the helicopter that'll shoot it off the helicopter. But they have to shoot it and then it has to work its way through your blood system. But these are super sharks. Their blood flows really fast. Oh, okay, got it. That, you that you keep missing it. that yeah. little point. Right, yeah. Um, 
So I know I know I'm pretty much uh, having a love letter to uh, Thomas Jane, but man, when he comes up, when he's raised up, you know, and it's just him and the shark emerge from the water. Fucking badass, dude. Yeah, I'm like, cool. I'm like, this dude's bad. I'm like, this is the kind of job I want. I wish I was the dude that was like, no, fucking Adam. I mean, I'm, I'm a puss, you know that, so it ain't yeah. gonna happen. But I wish I was the dude that everyone was like, go get Adam, he'll take care of. When it's like such a typical, that scene is like such the typical scene. Like, oh look, the the cameras are going down. Oh look, we can't talk to the guy. Oh, we think he's messing with us. Oh, he's not messing with us. The shark's going right for him, and then everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's how cool he is. Carter, we find out earlier in the scene we forgot to talk about, he he uh, is a felon for smuggling. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a real thing. He's 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 a, he's a legit Han Solo. So are they both felons? Because the one Samuel L. Jackson character said he was in basically like in prison or something like that too, didn't he? I don't think so. Like I thought they both said they went to jail. So why is he there? Is he there to actually work, or is that like the only job he can get? Like I don't understand. Well, I think he's there to work. He's there. Because what was he smuggling? I mean, I mean, he clearly he must have been smuggling in the water because he has expertise. Yeah. Unless he learned all this pearls, maybe I don't know. Unless he learned lobster. (laughs) uh, Unless he learned shark wrangling in in uh, jail. They teach you that in jail. (laughs) Well, you work out a lot and then wrangle sharks. Well, I mean, clearly he's a scuba diver because he did the classic scuba tank shuffle. Yeah, so exactly. He, he know, knew. Well, he that is one-on-one, so maybe he, he at least took one class yeah. of scuba tank. Which, scuba the science behind that seems kind of interesting because, like, sharks, I, I think I've heard before, will are more likely to attack if there's, like, thrashing around. Just because it's a sign there's, a like, um, a, an injured animal or something in the water. Right, Something's right. not supposed to be in the water. So, like, say, like, a bird lands in the water and starts slashing around trying to swim. Sharks like, oh, I'm gonna go attack that because because great whites they don't really attack like they do in the movies. They'll bite and then they'll leave you so, alone yeah. because they lose their teeth so quickly. Yeah, that they'll they'll bite you and just let you bleed to death and, and then, then come back and later. then come yeah. back. Mm-hmm. Plus, they're they're gonna take the easiest route. They're gonna fuck you up. But yeah, it's it's then, like most animals too. It's like when they attack, they don't attack like the um, really. I almost said high level. I'm, I don't know why I said that, but anyway, it's it's like they won't really attack the the uh, the more powerful ones. They go for the weak ones. That's why they go for like the babies and stuff like that. Right. Watch Planet Science or uh, Animal Planet. I know we all go to so. kill babies, Gary. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the the I, I wrote down the shark in the lab scene was used in all the Blu-ray adverts for years. Remember when you put on a movie? When it, Blu-ray, it would be in the background or, or DVD. I'm sorry, not Blu-ray. DVDs. When DVDs were first coming out. They would always have an advert for the new technology digital video, and uh, it was always check this scene out. And it was always like, uh, the, the you know, what, yeah, tech- I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they like they like hoard that scene out to all yeah. the adverts. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, oh. Decent CGI. And so, so was that sh- that shark was CGI or no? No, that was practical shark. I mean, they did a pretty good job of making that look like a real shark. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, okay, so. Uh, the operation is done, and and the test of the sample takes place, and it works. Mm-hmm. So even knowing how the movie ends, they cure or at least make a huge leap and leap forward in the treatment of Alzheimer's, right? Yeah. So that's it's a like happy, they know how. It works. So that's a happy ending, right? Right. You would think. Right. Okay. But what if that's how the movie ended? Just like, and now no one has Alzheimer's. <laughs> yeah. Be good. Yeah. Uh, okay. So 
During the extraction of the blood, I wrote this down. I don't know why I wrote this down. It, uh, it, brain it, protein juice. Brain protein. It kind of it kind of bothered me. True Blood's dad, the the scientist, tries lighting up a cig. Yeah, dude. Come on, man. I mean, I underwater. Well, well, that in what if you contaminate the? I mean, you're in a fucking the samples. Yeah, lab. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Not a very good scientist. Right, anyway, plus you're smoking. Don't smoke. Yeah, don't smoke. Um. Anyways, uh, the experiment was a success, and everyone for the moment is celebrating when the Gen 1 wakes up and rips the arm off the smoking sign. By the way, before this, you know when they're worried about Thomas Shane and the shark attacks, like the cameras and all stuff like that? As soon as they get it up into the bay, everyone forgot about the shark attacking the cameras and stuff like that, and well, Thomas Shane almost dying. Yeah, Everyone forgets about that. Like, oh, cool, man. Didn't even ask cool. him if he's okay. Yeah, he's, didn't even ask him if he's okay. He's like back on top of the thing. You know, it's because it's Carter. He's badass. Yeah, they, they know he's they, okay. They, they, yeah. But uh, like still like attacking the cameras, they don't even talk about it. They're just like, oh, well, we got a job to do. Let's go. Yeah, or they're bizarre. Or, I mean, Samuel L. Jackson says, did I just see that shark swim backwards? That yeah. is not. And then they were just like, well. Yeah, they're like, oh, whatever. Oh, whatever. But yeah, so it rips his arm off. What did you think of that? I thought it was for like putting yourself in '99. That was pretty good, like CGI and everything like did that. Did you see? Did it. you see the classic? The real arm was behind the shirt because when he when, no. he like, when he like falls over, he's got like a big old hump sticking out. The one thing I thought happened, I thought continuity wise, I thought they he the shark bit off his right arm and then they flip and it's actually his left arm. Oh, I don't know. I'll I, watch that. I, I don't know. might have to go back and watch that again because but, like I think they had a continuity error and it flipped arms. But I think they, someone would have caught that by now. Go, uh, go back and watch it because the actors got his real arm tucked back behind, and I think he, I think he shifted too close to the camera, and you can see, you can see it, like pop out. It's his third. I'm arm. like 1999. They're still using techniques used at the beginning of, of right, cinema. exactly, yeah, whatever works. It also wasn't uh, the blood that was chocolate syrup. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Well, sharks love chocolate syrup. They do. They love it. Uh, uh, uh okay, all right. With a heavy heart, Gary. Yes. I'm going to go against my man, Jane, here. The, when the arm's ripped off, he instantly goes for a shoddy to kill the gin until McAllister, like, screams and drops it back in yeah. motion. Okay. One, it's a shark. That's what they do. Two, it just woke up from being tra- uh, tranked and protein ripped from its brain. Yeah. Three, motherfuckers created the shark it's technically your all's fault anyway right but i think his thing is like it's like if an animal attacks a human something like that and they know that humans they'll kill the animal that attacked a human i know but that's that's what pisses me off uh recently there's some dude had uh, had two lions in his house he was unqualified he was uncertified yeah he had no reason to have these two lions right yeah and the only reasons why they couldn't pull it from his house was because there was no uh, evidence of animal cruelty. Yeah. Well, uh, the dad comes to the house uh, to see his son, and the son's found mauled to death by these lions. Yeah. That's what lions do. Yeah. Um, and they were five-year-old lions. They weren't like lion cubs. Yeah. And so they go in and they shoot the lions. I'm yeah. Like, it wasn't their fault. They didn't want to be there. Shoot the fucking dad for having a stupid yeah, son. I know. But like I get it, like they do it because they don't want it to have like a taste for like humans and know that humans can be eaten. Because apparently that that's how you got like man eating bears and stuff like that. They would go and hunt humans. Now it's not right, but yeah. So anyway, I apologize to Thomas Jane, but I had to go against him on that. I thought he made the right move. That's 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 what you got to do. I mean, he's already you don't know what he's gonna do. I mean, granted, like um, 
like he's gonna go shoot it and like finish it off, you know, or whatever. Because like I think he already knows like that shark's like fucked up anyway. You know what I mean? Right. Like something's wrong. The fact that it's like you know jiggling around all over the place and it's getting smarter, <laughs> things like that. Talking, think, yeah, talking, <laughs> taking selfies. Hey guys, that really hurts. Can you not do that? <laughs> okay. Okay, so uh, follow. Uh, let me see if we're still recording. We're still recording. Okay, uh, so following that, we get the botched rescue. Probably yes. my favorite in in the entire movie. The, the that sequence. was that whole sequence. There was probably my favorite scene. It is the most unrealistic. Yes. Um, uh, from a stunt man's point of view, loved it. Uh, plus, I just kind of like it because it's just like one thing piling up on the next, on the next, on so the next. So that let's talk about that explosion. Okay. So there's a youtube channel that talk like analyzes explosions in movies and stuff like that and uh because this guy who's like an explosion wait, wait. are you getting to the helicopter the heli yeah we're not there yet oh hang on hang okay. on okay uh so sea lab is being bombarded by the storm at this point they call in a medvac medivac to help the true blood's dad um so how far so once again how far off the coast are they at the medvac medivac can be there yeah, like instantly. Right. I don't know. Well, see, that's. I think that's where they got, like, I thought this movie is much better at getting rid of the shoe leather and stuff like that that you were talking about. I'm not going to use that right. as a term. Which, by the way, apparently we probably should describe what that is. Shoe leather is. Shoe leather is a cinematic slang term for, um, so when, when you're making a movie or your script, every action that your characters make is supposed to be moving forward, be pushing the script, for, moving the story forward. There should be no... It should be all lean muscle. It shouldn't be any fattiness of the story. The example would be like if a detective has to go to someone's house to investigate it. You don't show him like getting in his car, filling up on the way. Not not unless it adds to the the story. Yeah, Yeah, so shoe leather is basically just... So A to B, shoe leather is A.5. Yeah. All that stuff. Um, The path to B. Not just Depend- to be right, right, right. Okay, so uh, so the the medivacs there. Carter rushes out, hit by waves. I'm like, fuck, badass. Uh-huh. From a stuntman's point of view, I'm like, I wish I was in the scene. So, I, I okay. So here here's my question. Um, so the the heli drops the winch, right? Yeah. They they have someone go down with the winch in reality because when they attach the 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 emergency person they need to make it uh, attached correctly they're not going to just trust I mean it is Carter well, so you know he's going to do it right I mean he's but, already yeah exactly I mean he's already on the stretcher but yes normally like if it's the Coast Guard they'll send a diver down and go onto it now. One difference is um, if they're hovering above a boat that's like sink- in the process of sinking, they may lower just the basket because people know how to get in like the basket and right. then they'll raise them up. So they may not necessarily go down with them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, okay. So the heli is winching up the scientist. Something goes wrong and he's dropped back down into the shark pen. What, why did the winch malfunction? Because it, did it malfunction because it's wet? And if they have no, a winch. No, it that- was uh, like the way it was looped up it was getting caught on itself like it was jamming up oh okay okay like it was binding up um but meanwhile i thought so like so it's been a long time since i've seen this movie and i thought something else was gonna happen like i thought like they were gonna winch it up and he starts to hover over the water i thought the shark was gonna come oh, out of the water he, and like snap snap yeah him off of it. yeah yeah okay that would have been cool that would have been that would have been cool yeah so i thought that was gonna happen and then it didn't but like so when he drops the winch by the way so those helicopters, uh, this is a bit of science, so um, 
when helicopters fly and stuff like that, they build up static electricity. So when they first started doing stuff like this, they had to they would have people like it would drop it and um because they're flying around generating static electricity all the time. They would drop it and uh people would grab like the hook and it would electrocute them. Oh shit, yeah. Yeah, because but, it's all but that Carter knows better. Discharging. Well but no, he grabbed it. So normally what they do is they make it drop down, touch the ground, and then you hook onto it. Gotcha. Then they'll okay. raise it back up. Okay. So you don't get that static electricity charge. Now, I don't know if that happens with rain too. Like the rain's discharging it because it's dropping down through or something like that. But I was sitting there like, that'd be a weird way for the movie to end. Like, or for Carter's involvement <laughs> yeah, to end yeah. if he just grabs it. <laughs> <laughs> now, my thought went on the part about the, the winching it up and everything like that. That like, since it was so quick to respond, that that's something like that they practiced before. Like, they have drills uh, for that. Oh, oh, yeah. So they know that, like, just hook it up here and drag them up, you know. Okay, all right. Um, okay, so if you're if you're a True Blood's dad and yes. you hit that water, yeah. you, you instantly know you're fucked, Yeah, right? I'm dead. Okay, yeah. okay. Because it's right. in the pen. By the way, why are they raising it above the pen? Like, why don't you have that uh, on the other side, oh. on the ocean side? Uh, I, I, wrote, I wrote in my notes, you know you're fucked, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, and see, the thing is, the thing that's weird is they have the oxygen mask on him. That's, like, not a typical, like, oxygen mask for, like, um, um, like, say, for, like, medical reasons. That's, like, a scuba mask that they have on him. Well, you know but why. But it's a setup yeah, later. It's a setup, yeah. yeah. As, as you said, everything's foreshadowing. Exactly. Right? So when I saw that, I was like, why do they have that kind of mask? Like, that yeah. requires him to bite down. Right. So the air is actually going in. The other ones are, like, over his face, so he's yeah, just like, naturally breathing. It's like, in. hey, we're going to put this... Uh, oxygen mask on you uh, no that's not the right one no no just just in case you fall into the water let's put Why? this no on. reason <laughs> <laughs> okay so so after you fall into the wa- after he falls in the water one of the gin ones grab the scientist and starts pulling him underwater this causes the heli to crash into the sea lab killing them uh mom soprano uh dies and there's major structural damage to the sea lab yeah okay so your explosion so there's a YouTube video of a guy who's an he's actually an explosions engineer, which I didn't know that was a job when I was younger because I definitely would have gotten <laughs> that job. And he analyzes like different explosions in movies and stuff like that and how it would affect you. Basically, anytime you see someone blown back in a movie, that never happens in explosions. It like basically just liquefies your inside because the shock right. pushes yeah, yeah. And if you are so, blown back, it's just like a little bit. It's not. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. like to knock you down. It's not like you push up and fly into the air and right, then fly right. 25 feet away. Um, Unless it's a nuke, probably a nuclear explosion. Oh yeah, that'd probably blow you. Yeah. But it, yeah, it won't matter. But um, anyway, so he analyzes these different explosions, and actually, he says one of the best ones is um, uh, Dark Knight, or what's the one when the uh, Joker blows up the hospital? Dark Knight. Yeah. So when that happens, he's like, "That's actually pretty realistic." He's like, "The only thing that's not is the explosions happening like as like a domino effect." He's like, "Normally, you hit it once and it just all goes off." Right. He's like, "Now the thing that's unpractical about that." Is that like he would have had to gone in and out of there like thousands of times to stack all those? But then he also wipes away. Was like, well, he's a joker. Like, yeah, he gets plus, him plus, you'd have to know like where the structural weak points are. To, yeah. Like, yeah, and he actually brings up. He's like, I well, think, I don't know how a guy dressing like a clown basically would get through a hospital. I think I've like seen. I think I've seen that video. Yeah, it's okay. a good one. Yeah. But anyway, like when I see that helicopter crashing, I, I just keep thinking like, first off, it's raining, so your chance of explosion is probably a little bit lower. But like the giant gas explosions and these huge fireballs and everything like that, none of that would happen. That's true. But fair enough. Plot development. Because if it just crashed, I'm like, oh man, that sucks. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. <laughs> okay, so uh, the Gen One is using True Blood's dad as a battering ram underneath the water, 
and he's shoved into the big viewing window in the lab where it breaks a foot thick glass. Yeah, which is that scene's that's probably my favorite scene right there. So you're scared of like you have thalassophobia, which is like the fear of stuff coming emerging basically. Is that what right? the name of it is? That's what it's called. What's it called? Thalassophobia. Say it, say it one more time. Thalassophobia. I'm oh. pretty sure that's how you pronounce okay, it. Okay, all right. Anyway. But it's, anyway, it usually has to do with water. But don't you also have it with like stuff coming out of like dark too? Yeah, coming out of dark. It's basically, any emerging. Th- yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's, it's got to be. It's got to be large or something. On a, I mean, yeah. If like a cat if was emerging from yeah. the dark, I'd just be. Like, oh, it's but a, if it's a tiger, you'd be like, yeah. If it's, t- if it's yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I that, like that scene to me, I was like, "Oh, he's gonna hate this scene." Yeah, I yeah. love it at the same time not, because yeah. it just comes out of nowhere, and you see the guy. Slowly Sam, Sam L. Jackson's like, "Can someone tell me what that is?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's dude swimming forward. So I, I wrote um, sharks are dicks. So, <laughs> so uh, I wrote, uh, you know, you're fucked, right? When you're stuck against the window, and yeah. You're just you're just stuck against the window, and you're looking back at your coworkers, like, hey guys, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you just been inside the mouth of a man. What would you shark. do at that time if you know you're dead? Would you do anything different? Wait, well, well, you're you can't really do anything. He can't really like do double anything. birds, like flip them both off. Oh yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> something like that. Like, uh, pull your pants down. So. <laughs> So, so uh, the glass breaks and the ocean fills the lab. Another stuntman's dream. Uh, another scene I used to reenact, by the way. Because like the water rushing in and you have to get yeah. like Titanic. Okay, how how legit is that? Like it would be because they had. I mean, it was pretty. It filled the room pretty quickly, but it but gave them time to get to the hatch. I don't think it would. I think it would be almost like instantaneous. Because like yeah. think of like if you open. Like you could do this experiment. I feel like if you had like well, a, we go to the backyard. We have a, a sea lab back yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. So. We do it in the sea lab. We'll have to do it this summer. It's a little yeah. cold. Oh, fair enough. But like, if you like were to pull like say like a gate where there's water, it would like rush in really quickly. So there's no way. So I'm pretty sure they'd all be dead. Basically, you saw that 12 foot shard of glass. You better be hauling ass. Yeah. Don't wait till the glass. Yeah, don't wait and look at it. See if it's gonna break. Yeah. Or like wave at the dock one last time. So and plus, there's no way they're getting that hatch open. And if they get it open, they're not closing it. With well, the, so here's the thing. The, it's a it's like a World War II one, which actually did a pretty good job in the beginning of this. They did a pretty good job of showing like things that would have been like so those bulk hatches, right? Right. So. If you're in a sh- Navy ship, like around that, I don't know if they still have them or not. I would guess they still do. But like, you can actually shut those in the water. Really? Yeah. Now, I don't know if you could have pulled it closed with the force of it, but that's how you keep ships from sinking. Because like, you'll take a hit to one part of the ship and that part will start flooding, but you seal it off with those big doors to keep it from flooding the other parts of the ship. So you have these bunch of different apartments and you keep the whole thing from flooding by keeping individual compartments flooded but the other ones not funny thing that's why the titanic part of the reason titanic sucked sunk and sucked <laughs> was because the um i believe they said the uh the compartments didn't go all the way to the ceiling right so right. it'd fill so up were, one and yeah, overflow into the next one and overflow the next one right, that's part right. of the reason why i'm saying yeah if they would have took it all the way to the top and sealed it off it would have been all right always go to the top always go to the top don't half ass it don't ever uh okay so uh okay so they get out and they discover that the that they have to go. They discover that they can't go up. Mm-hmm. That they have to go down to go up. And they discover that they have to go to the maintenance shop 
to uh, get to the sub, which your to, dream is a which man. to me is the most realistic part because uh, <laughs> maintenance men always save the day. Uh, anyways, I just thought I'd throw that in there. It's a good uh, way to live. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, at this point. We get intercut action scenes. We get the gang making their way to the maintenance uh, shop and LL's preacher character being attacked in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, on the way to the shop, on the way to that the- That scene, by the way, where he's attacked in the kitchen, I think LL Cool J has some of the best scenes in this movie. Well, dude, my dad hates that scene. The one where he's in the oven, the oven gets turned on? Right. I love it because it's so cheesy. Let's, let's jump to that scene because really, we don't really miss much there. So Okay, so... So, uh, so the gang's making their way to the maintenance to the maintenance shop. Uh, intercut with that, LL Cool J gets attacked. Right. Yeah. So, uh, his level his level is being flooded. It's about half flooded, and he's shivering all the time. Yeah. Well, it's the ocean. It's cold. Not where they're at. They're in like they're like off the coast of Mexico. It's like warmer there. Cold side of Mexico. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so it's about it's Arctic about, Mexico. It's about half filled. With water, and then uh, he the shark comes. He gets an axe, and then he climbs on a shelving unit that's like he, his feet are barely out of the water. Yep. He goes to reach the parrot. the The shark comes up and eats the parrot. Which I'm usually I'm usually like I cry when pets get killed, but for some reason I was like, "Fuck you that!" Like that parrot fuck that it. bird! I don't, I don't know. Why. <laughs> Maybe it's because it ain't got a face like, yeah. like dogs. I don't know. I was like, fuck that bird. So anyway, so he falls. He falls. Which is comical, by the way, the fact that it would jump for a... Where's it going to get the power to jump? It's got like sharks like go down and then like come up several feet right. to power themselves out of water to get like when they jump for like seals and stuff like that. Right. It's got no room to do that. No. So another thing that doesn't work. And plus, if Unless re- these sharks grew legs and they're like, I'm going to jump. <laughs> so it went for the parrot, but it didn't reach two feet for, for the, the dude, the big old black Which, man. Honestly, the, the the parrot's not your biggest threat right there. Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad move. It is a talker. Maybe he's trying to get rid of the snitches. Yeah, because snitches get stitches. Yes, or, or eat, dead or eaten, eaten alive. Uh, anyway, so swim with the fishes. So, so he is that where that saying comes from? Comes this from, movie? Yeah. Well, yes, <laughs> okay. that's where it comes from. Okay. People in the '60s use this. Before this movie came out. That makes sense to me. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so let me get to... Uh, okay. Um, so that causes... So the parrot's being munched on. That causes a shelf to fall over. He falls into the water, and he quickly jumps into an oven. Yeah. Okay. The the shark starts ramrodding the oven. Yeah. Accidentally, or on purpose, because they are super sharks. Yeah. So maybe turns he it on. turns the gas on. Yeah. Okay. You're in a... This is where my dad... Get, Flips out and started screaming at the movie because he's like, how stupid. Like recently or like back no, in 99? When I was originally watching. Yeah. He uses a metal axe, which he has no, just like the shark, he has no, no room. Yeah, to swing his, his but, arm. But let's we're, for, we're doing the hand actions in here yeah. as if you can see this. We're Atlanta Braves fans. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he's like doing the chop, but he can't chop. Yeah. Right. So let's bypass that. Yeah. Let's say he does have room to swing. He's hitting a metal axe on the metal in a gas-filled enclosed area, no sparks happen. Yeah. Uh, but I think the oven's already on, though, right? That's like what, it's already burning the gas. That's what. No, no, I don't think so. No, that's because he's got burns later. Because he starts talking about how hot R- it's getting in there. Right. See, I don't think it's, I don't think it's sparks. I think he, he already turns it on and also clicks the little thing to start the, the oh. igniter, too. Because like, later on, he's got burns on his face. Well, I thought it was from the explosion. No, though. I think that's from... 
the being in the oven. So okay, but then why does it? So anyway, so he gets out. He gets into the oven above. Besides it. the fact you would never be able to chop through into an oven above. Right, even if you had. Room. Yeah, yeah. Um. So anyway, he gets in the oven above, jumps out, stands up, and does a one liner. Oh wait, pulls a zippo. His his water soaked. So here's zippo. the thing. He, yes. Before that though, he still has the hatchet with him, and he like jumps over the shark. I like I would have just like went to town on that shark's head. That's unrealistic, Gary. Well, yeah. And by the way, that's like the world's smallest hatchet. It's almost not as big as his hand. Well, he he's got to have room to, to, to chop. They yeah. knew that's what they that was for. They could do a big axe and be like. He break if you remember he breaks it out of that glass thing and then on the glass says in case stuck in oven being attacked by shark break glass and and swing upwards. Yes, swing upwards. So anyway, he jumps over. Lands in water, gets up, takes his water-soaked Zippo out, ignites it somehow, and says, "You ate. This is for eating my bird, or you ate my bird." Yeah. And he throws, throws it, and then it, and then this is what really pisses my dad off, and it causes a big old explosion, yeah. pushes him underwater, and he's like, "There's not enough effing gas to yeah. do." Yeah, wouldn't have built up. Yeah, yet. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I lo- the, there's multiple things I wrote down that he pulled out the uh, the wet Zippo too and throws it. I'm pretty sure as soon as you throw that thing, the flame would have gone out. And not even that. Wouldn't the lid just swing back around? You would it? think it would either that or like throwing it would knock the flame out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like those things are. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they would. I don't have a Zippo. I just I use don't either. regular big lighters. I just, when, when I, I smoke, smoke crack, I just. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway. Okay. So we bypass that scene. So right now we have Tony Soprano's wife's dead. The parrot is dead. Uh, True Blood's uh, dad is dead. Yep. Okay. So now we jump to the maintenance shop. Uh, they're there. Um, it's trashed. Yes. The sub that they were going to take up to the top, it's crashed. Yep. Okay. Uh, someone, it, it's. It's hinted at that they think the sharks did that. Like it swam up and hit it so it wouldn't do that. Because yeah. Ginger... Because they keep saying that, that there's no way that thing would have got knocked off. Yeah, because Ginger's like, there. there's no explosion big enough on that surface that would have caused this level to shake. Mm-hmm. So these sharks are being set up as like James Bond villains. Yes. Or like a Jason Freddy, Chucky, Mike Myers yeah. slasher villain. Um, okay, so this, this uh, at that point... We get uh, probably the most famous or infamous scene in the movie, which is the munching down on Samuel Samuel Jackson's character. Before this, the exposition he gives though, when he's talking about we all need to um, like work together, because he's like, oh well, there's a part we didn't tell anyone about when we were in the Himalayas. He says Himalayas almost positive when before he corrected her. It's oh fuck! I'll have to watch it. You may be right. Yeah, I'm pr- almost positive he said Himalayas. We were in the Himalayas. Yeah, yeah. And before he he corrected her and said Alps. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but there's this part there where he's like, you know how uh, we all made it out of there. Two of them died. We said they died in the avalanche. They didn't. They went against us, so we killed them. Yeah. Like I was like, damn. Or, oh, see, I took it as they ate them too. No, I took it as like they killed them because they were all like like uh, breaking up and everything. Well, like I that. took it. Maybe in, they did. Yeah. I took it because I thought it was a metaphor. Like he ate the people, so he's being eaten by the shark. Well, he wasn't eaten by the shark yet. He was talking about how we need. Right, to work I know, together but, but his, fine, his final his final ending yeah. in life. Okay. By the way, better most motivational speaker in that part, um, Samuel L. Jackson or Thomas Jane? Because Samuel Jackson's given this whole thing like we need to work together, everything like that. Then the shark on him. And then Thomas Jane gives a speech where he's like, you know, um, and I'm like, you go ahead with your part, and I'll, I'll tell what I was. No, no, say. I was just saying. So the the speech, probably the most famous scene of the movie. Uh, it was spoiled by me because my friend, the he had one of the first DVDs around yep. DVD players, 
He's like, watch the scene. Watch what happens to Samuel L. Jackson. I hadn't seen any of the movie. He's just like, watch, watch this sharky Samuel L. Jackson. So that that scene was ruined for yeah, me. Yeah, so you know what's gonna happen. So uh, going into, what do you think? Did they catch you off guard? Well, okay. So I knew that he was he was gonna get eaten at some point because of uh, Chappelle's show when uh, Dave Chappelle's acting like Samuel L. Jackson, and he's talking about his beer, like Samuel L. Jackson's beer, and he's like, "Ain't you ever seen my movies?" Deep Blue Sea, they ate me. A fucking shark <laughs> ate me. Um, okay. So, like, I knew that was going to happen. But, like, I didn't know when. But I was figuring because they were saying, like, hey, I wouldn't stand too close to that. And then he's over there standing too close to that on the right. scene. And it was a part where they pause and they zoom out. I was like, this is where he's going to And then it's like, it's like, yep, that's exactly what happened. Uh, so in his speech, in his speech, he goes, and this is kind of when we get classic Samuel L. Jackson yeah. acting. Because he's been kind of subdued the whole movie, but he's kind yeah. of got his loud voice. Yeah. Like, you boisterous. Type you're listen to me. Uh, anyway, he goes, you think water is fast? How fast do you think ice moves? And I'm like, I'm not a waterologist <laughs> by any means. But they're one in the same. They're one in the same, right? Well, well ice and I mean, water, glaciers don't move very fast. But ice and water well, I mean, it's the same, the same thing. thing. It's yeah. a different form of water, yeah. Right. Yeah. There's liquid water. Plus, an avalanche is mainly snow, not really ice, right? And I'm pretty sure water moves faster than avalanche. I, I, would, I would assume. Well, maybe not. Uh, well, no, it's a lot of water. Uh, yeah, I think water moves faster than ice. Let's go test it. We'll be right back, Yeah, folks. we'll be right back. Uh, Take a pause. And we're back. Yeah, and we're back. The <laughs> yeah. ice did move quicker. Yes. Uh, I was right. And we ate a bunch of dogs. Oh, we did. Um, okay, so anyway, so the shark comes up. Uh, I wrote this down in my notes. When when do you when do you think he's dead? Like when when would you be dead? Shark comes up and grabs you. You're not dead at that point, right? Like you feel like you go underwater. No, I'm pretty sure you would be. Well, the shock might block it out. Like you would, I think you would almost go into shock instantly. I don't know. I'm not a medical person, but like I would think you would go into shock pretty quick, so you wouldn't necessarily know. I mean, it's not like it matters. Shock, you're, you're dead. Anyway. Shock, shocked as in terrified or shocked in trauma to your body like trauma shock is in so you because could, you've lost just, like just limbs that, your mind like no no separates. no i mean just from just from like because he didn't lose he doesn't lose any limbs from the from the initial grab he gets grabbed and pulled under and then he's whole underwater for a he gets second ripped in half. you'd and, be alive for that yeah so you'd be like oh well, like what's going through your mind right then <laughs> a fucking shark ate me yeah <laughs> i'm tired of these motherfucking sharks on, on this motherfucking plane uh, what um uh, no but yeah that would be terrifying like well, and the thing too that like, say like, um, you ever heard of these uh, Warner Herzog documentaries? Yeah, you know the one where they're talking about the guy who went and got ate by a bear. Him, his wife got ate by a bear. Oh yeah, girlfriend. Yeah, it's actually like, on camera or the the audio is on the camera. audio is on camera. Right. Yeah. Um, by the way, I thought I was I was listening on YouTube. I thought I was listening to a real like that happening. It wasn't. Oh. Okay. But um, like I was thinking about that because I was like. Well, would you, how much would you be alive if something's eating you alive? And like, and then it got onto like weird torture methods, like where they would put rats on people's stomachs before and make the rats eat people out of stomach. This is getting right. real gross. That's right. But um, anyway, like I talked about how long people would be alive for that. But you, could you imagine like getting there and something eating you alive and you're still? I'd be like, so someone come and kill me. Yeah, yeah. But I think bears collapse your brain, so I think you'd be dead. Like, I think they crush your skull. Yeah, they you. do so much trauma so quickly. Well, because, like, sharks and mountain lions do that, too. Or not sharks. Um, like, lions and mountain lions will do that. Like, they crush your skull. Because, like, an animal's thing is to get you to stop moving. So, it can right, right. stop wasting energy. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, if it kills you. 
That's why like, dogs go for your throat. Right, right. Yeah, they're, they're not they're not fighting the way we fight. Humans fight. They're like they're yeah, like, they instantly go to kill you. Yeah, it's and like then fuck the head. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Exactly. Um, so I think you'd be alive for a little bit of that, of the shark taking oh, you down and then ripping you apart, which very very violent for like the shark always to rip your mid like like a lot of people get ripped in half in this movie basically right right oh well yeah yeah classic Which, shark move yeah exactly it's just very like oh Cla- damn classic dick shark dick move. shark move, yeah um okay so it's at this point they decide to go up the maintenance shaft um but they're not sure because if it, if it's go, yeah go because this is the part where i was saying like i feel like thomas jane beats out samuel jackson for the motivational speaker part because remember when like uh, Ginger's freaking out? Yeah, um, he's he's talking through. He's like, "Hey, oh, wait, how many how many pounds of this does this hold?" And blah 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 blah. And he like gets him to do all this science. Talks stuff about what's like going to happen. He's yeah. like, "Do you want to be around for that?" He's yeah, like, no, he's like, no. He's, he's like, "Let's go." Yeah, exactly. So he's he's. I think he's a much better motivational speaker. What's Thomas Jane, man? That's what this yeah, podcast is all about. Yeah, that's true. Um, so anyway, they they have to open the door. To the maintenance shaft, but if the stru- if it's too structurally damaged on top, it will cause the flooding. The, the flooding, so they open it and there's like a beat of nothing. You're like, oh okay, and then it just instantly, yeah. So they rush in. At this point, I feel like it's a um, it's a platform level platforming video game at this point. To yeah. me. So they've got the rushing ocean. They, they they run up. They, they have to climb up the maintenance shaft. They can't get the door closed this time. So they're racing. The, the Rising Water, which is a classic platforming video game. Yeah. And then uh, Carter jumps off to a lower level to open a door to kind of... Which the sharks weren't in there at first. Not yet. So he opens the door to kind of to kind of uh, detour some of the some of the water, rushing water, temporarily. And then the sharks come in. So Here was my th- part before the sharks got in there. I was like, well, why don't you just wait and let the water take you to the top? Oh, yeah. Because, like, why do you care? Well, the the sharks is probably what they were Well, thinking. but the sharks weren't in there yet. And he was already like, I'm going to go down this level and let some of the water out so it keeps us. I was like, no, keep it because it just, just takes us literally right to the top. Well, maybe it'll, maybe they're trying to si- stop the immediate sinking of the. Oh, yeah, because I guess if that thing sinks, right, right. then there's. Okay, good point. Because I was just like sitting there like like video game logic me was like, let's just write it to the top. Well, video <laughs> game logic, they would have died the second they hit water. That's <laughs> yeah, true. So, yeah, exactly. So anyway. You can't touch water. Yeah, you can't touch water. So uh, anyway, the sharks enter. So now they've got the ra- they're racing the rushing water with a shark in it. So it's like the 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 bad guy the the level. And then the ladder that they're on breaks and like comes down. So it's perpendicular. Yes. To the perfectly perpendicular. Yeah. And the the so the the movement of ladder breaking causes Blondie to fall into the water. Which, by the way, I was actually glad Blondie was dead at some point because um, earlier in the movie she's yelling at like Saffron Burrow's character. Um, and she's saying like, you cause, that's when the exposition comes out that they've been messing with the sharks right. brains, and they've been making the sharks. They broke bizarre. a bunch of like Geneva yeah. walls. Well, yeah, not exactly. Geneva, but you know what I mean? Yeah. They broke a bunch. They're using them for war. <laughs> uh, um, but like, yeah, they broke, broke a bunch of like accords and stuff like that. Right. And she's like, she's getting mad at her. She's like, you all caused this. You did too. But like, she's dating the doctor. Well, the guy doctor, hinted right? At, yeah, yeah. Hinted but they hinted at it. Right? right. And she's getting all pissed at her. And I wanted her to be like. Uh, your fucking bro- boyfriend was doing the same thing I yeah. was. We both agreed to do it together. Plus, plus, it's like 
you know what we're doing here. Yeah, like what's this is not the point to yell at it's someone. It's like not not to get really dark, but like the janitor at Auschwitz isn't yeah. innocent. Like exactly. he knows, he knows, he knows exactly what's what was going, going on. on. Yeah, exactly. That's a oh. very good point. But she's like, we had no idea. But she's like a scientist too, so she knows like, oh wait, these sharks are bigger. Like right. what's going on here? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. This chick isn't stupid. Yeah, I know. That's like, the thing. That's why I was kind of glad she died because yeah. she seemed. They, she went from being like, "Oh, she's gonna be really smart in the movie" to dumb blonde right. really quick. Right. So the ladder falling over causes her to get down. Uh, Carter is doing his best cliffhanger style to reach her. That she, part cracked me up when she come when she falls in and then it brings her out of the yeah, water. Yeah, yeah. Because it reminded me of like she's a trainer at SeaWorld. You know how they're oh, like, right yeah, on top yeah, of the sharks and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. She's like, ah, and then she goes, yeah. and pulls her right back. Down. Close your eyes, kid. This went horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, it's at that point. Uh, Carter is just like, fuck. What are we gonna do? Um, he's like, Jinder, can you reach the top door because the water's coming? He's like, no, I can't reach it. And they're like, oh, we're fucked. And then LL Cool J comes, saves the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else before I move on? Um, LL Cool J at this point might be my favorite shark killer in any movie. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we get to... Because he's already killed one shark now, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So we get to the fi- what I call the final plan. So the remaining gang... Uh, By the way, that part when the ladder falls, yeah, that's why uh, all that jungle gym training in school was useful. You know when uh, they had the monkey bars to climb across? Oh, uh, yeah. And it's they all, do that? It's all there. It's all practical. So when that's you why tell I, your teachers, when am I going to use this, they'll show you Deep Blue Sea. That's like, why ISIS go. always does it in their training. Yeah, area. that's a good point. That's a really good point. I forgot about that. Yeah. It's like ISIS and that's it. And kids in elementary school, they that's don't all use really, yeah. monkey bars anymore. Uh, not even monkeys use monkey bars. Not even bars monkeys use monkey bars. They would never use it. They would just walk across the top. <laughs> Okay, so the remaining gang decide to escape out an emergency hash, hatch and swim for it uh, 60 feet to the surface. There is no way I can hold my breath for 60 seconds. Or well, 60 seconds, uh, for 60 feet. Not Well, hold on. Are we at that point yet? Because what about the part where they go into the uh, the storeroom? Right, no, this is just them discussing the plan. Oh, okay. We're not there going, but this is them. that's the plan that they're going to And do. by the way, the part where they're talking about you have to breathe out while you're doing it, that's a really that's a real thing, right? Right. Because you get the bends because the right. oxygen in your lungs from depressurizing will go in out through your system and right. ends up in your blood veins. It could kill you. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so after they make the plan, they enter Blondie's room looking for batteries for a flashlight, and that's when we get the vibrator joke. That part cracked me up. I he, knew you were going to point he's, it out. He's like, he's like, oh, she's a healthy girl. Sure, she has a. Everyone's got one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they get her her batteries out for that. Okay, so at this point. Uh, LL and Ginger, they're looking, they're having a little convo and they're looking for, they're loading up the flashlights. And that's when LL attempts to explain the theory, theory of relativity. I wrote this down too. That is not a legit explanation, right? No, I thought that's it was, not the no, actual I don't theory, think it was, it? but like his explanation was like, it was very like philosophical because it was something. Do you write it down what he said? Uh, he's because talking it's about, like, it's he, like when you're doing something, it feels like an hour, but with your, when you're with a really beautiful girl, an hour feels he's like, like you, uh, you go to grab a hot, uh, the, the, the hot pan and it feels and like an hour. A, a second feels like an hour, Yeah, but an hour with a like hot girl seems like a second, but that's not what the actual theory of relativity is. No, right? no, no, it's not, but it's in, it's a way to make you think of it. And, and I was like, Oh wow. Cause dang. Ginger's like. Damn, man, I went to five years at MIT, and that's yeah. the best. I'm like, 
fuck. But, like, if you're trying to explain it in general, like, how time can be different, that's kind of a way to explain it. Oh, uh, fair enough. Okay. I'll... It doesn't quite explain the theory, but it, like, gets you thinking on the right path. I've never actually heard it described that well before. I was actually like, that's a really, 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 really good point. <laughs> uh, okay, so... And at that point, you were able to solve quantum mechanics. Yeah, you know, exactly. Uh, I've uh, we've gone to space since then. And, uh, yeah. Okay, so the team splits up, uh, Scooby Doo gang Scott, uh, style. Ginger and Carter they go down a level to shut off. I, I missed this, but they they go to shut something off, right? Um, wasn't it something like they were trying to turn on the pump or something like that, or turn off the pump? So oh, gotcha. Because th- they said. Well, if we flood one side of this tube, that means we can get up, up the other side. Right, right. Okay. And that's what they're trying okay. to do. Okay, so they they go to do that. Someone around a lot of electric, by the way, and wires and Yeah, yeah. Which that that panel would not still be functioning, right? Exactly. I would yeah. well you're the maintenance man. Well it wasn't I couldn't get a good look at it, but I don't think it was I don't think it was. Are those water A3 thing. panels? Yeah, those those are actually rated for uh sixty feet of water. Yeah. yeah. Uh so, uh, so that's where they go. McAllister heads to her office to retrieve the research, and uh, LL stays to leave his video last will and testament, which is hilarious. Really, but you really like this character, didn't I you? I really liked LL Cool J's character because I like LL Cool J anyway. But right. like his character is funny because he's like, you know, if I die, I get this. Um, so I'm gonna tell you how to make the perfect omelet. Yeah. Um, don't use milk. That's a you want fluffy omelets. Don't use milk. Which I was like, damn, that's a really good. Is that really how you do that? Don't well, use milk. If you like, <laughs> if you like his character in this movie, watch uh, H2O Halloween uh, H2O. He plays basically the same character. Really? Yeah. Except he's a security guard, not a chef. And but. I like how he keeps cr- cracking jokes in movies about like how like oh I'm the black guy that means I'm gonna die. Yeah, yeah. But like, why is that a thing in movies? Uh, cause it was, it was, uh, in horror, f- it started off in like the 80s slasher films yeah. and earlier when there wasn't really a lot of, uh, diversity in, in film. So, so they would say like, we have diversity in our film and then kill them off right away. No, 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 it wasn't that. It was just, it was just typically horror, the only, the female would survive. Yeah. And it was typically a blonde, big breasted. Caucasian. Female. She would su- always survive. She would typically. That's yeah. who would survive. And there why? Was, just because you can have her all the way through the movie. No, it was started off because Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on this, people. But I could be wrong. I think was the beginning of the the female surviving at the end. It was a blonde Caucasian female. Yeah. So that being such a a. Uh, a huge influence on uh, future movies. They just kind of copied that and kind of made homages and then ripped it off and then and kept going with and so it. on and so on. But so anyway, so diversity wasn't really big in film back yeah. then. So if there ever was a black male or a black female or a black black, I meant to say Mexican, <laughs> whatever, Mexican. Uh, a, a character of different race, yeah. they were just killed off. Right. Not because of that race, just because it's always the Caucasian. So they wouldn't. Female. Oh, so but they wouldn't use it as a thing of like. Oh, we have diversity in our film, but then just kill them off right away. It wasn't a, that thing. It was more of a. If it was, a, it wasn't. I'm sure. I'm it was sure like was, subliminal. I'm sure there was a slimy yeah. movie producer who's like, we got to have diversity. And then someone's Put like, them in there, right. make, make her show <laughs> her boobs, and kill her off. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, got it. Uh, anyway. Uh, okay. So McAllister heads to, to get his research video. Uh, say, okay. So on level two, Carter and the Ginger, they, uh, they have to team up because there's heavy lab equipment in front of the electrical panel. 
I don't think they'll be able. They would be able to move that. Lift that yeah, yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, so anyway, they accomplish it. Lifting stuff underwater takes a lot of effort. Right. You know, but yeah, I don't know. So so they move it. They get. They shut the panel off. Ginger is dispatched quickly by one of the gins. Yeah, and, like as soon as they go, they're like, oh, cool, and then. In one of, in my opinion, the worst CG of the movie. Yeah. That's what I. That scene I think is the worst CG of the film. I think you might be right. The only thing I don't like is like the scenes when uh, Preacher's getting chased by like the shark, LL Cool J's character. Like in the... That's you know, not CG though. Well, whatever it is. But like the, the, thing I, the thing I have a problem with with this movie a lot is how um, the shark size changes throughout the movie. Oh, yeah. yeah and so definitely. like it's this big giant shark, like a 24-foot shark at least, 30-foot. There's no way it would have been in the kitchen. Yeah, it would not have gone in the kitchen. It wouldn't mm. have gone through that too where the maintenance shaft was. Right. Um, it wouldn't have gone swimming through the uh, tunnel. By the way, the, we we got to go back up a point. The part before he gets in the oven, uh, when he like dodges the shark and he gets in behind the thing and the shark's like, oh, I didn't know which way he went. It's <laughs> such a classic like dumb thing in a movie. <laughs> right. It's like it was Scooby-Doo. But right. anyway... Yeah, that just, was that was the inspiration for this. Yeah, exactly. Is this the scene too when um, the shark splits him in half and his legs twitching afterwards yes. too? Yeah. yeah, that part I thought was would that would that happen? I wonder because I know like sometimes like you get like um, like in animals and stuff like that, and one well, humans too. You'll get like basically aftershocks where they'll still be twitching after right. like they're dead basically. Right. But I would think it would have to be connected to the brain in order for it to happen. So for like your leg to keep kicking after you're dead. I don't know if that would, or after you're split in half. I don't think that would happen. I don't know. I don't know Maybe it was just the waves of the water. We'll ask a doctor. We'll get a doctor on next time. All right, we'll be right back. Yeah, hey, and we're back. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, doctor said it wouldn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So uh, I am not sitting in the oldest chair in the world. It just sounds like yes. It, by the way. It's so the second oldest. Chair in the world. <laughs> Carter very comfy though. Carter escapes. The ginger is eaten and fried to death. Um, Frighted. Yeah. He, yeah. Yep. With all the electrical. So, yeah. So now we're back in McAllister's office, uh, which is probably your favorite scene. We get we get a good fake out. Uh, so her, her office is underwater. We should just mention, we haven't mentioned, but this, if you haven't seen this movie, pretty much every time we talk about something, it's almost always underwater. Or at least it's, half in the it's water. It's not like the sharks are just walking in dry hallways. They and, are. It's yeah. like that shark in that cartoon movie. Or that cartoon from like the 70s. Remember that? Where the shark's walking around. I'm gonna have to find it. Are you talking about the SNL skit? No, 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 no. Okay, all right. there's another one. You you keep talking. I'll okay, find it. so McAllister, uh, she goes into her office and uh, it's underwater. We get a good fake out with the model shark. We see a shark stalking her, but it turns out to be the model shark from earlier, which then leads quickly to the attack of an actual gin. I was thinking of Jabberjaw. Jabberjaw. Okay, okay. Do you remember Jabberjaw? I do remember Jabberjaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, she climbs up on a shelving unit. That's barely out of the water. Yeah. Um, the the shark easily could have grabbed her. Yeah. But instead is just ramrodding the shelf. That's because the shark's like a serial killer. He's or like a serial killer in movies. He's just playing with. <laughs> so then we get we get the second most famous scene from this movie: the underwear scene. Should be the famous scene. Okay. The reasoning. What the reasoning behind it is sound, right? Like. Because she grabs, well, she's going to shock the shark. Yes. She wants, she wants to put her rubber wetsuit on. So but she's, she's not wearing, standing on something metal. But she's wearing rubber aqua socks. Well, that the suit is soaked with water, right? Which conducts electricity. Um, 
everything's soaked. She's soaked with water. That honestly, I wish I would have watched this movie when I was ten. Because <laughs> she she does look attractive. good. She does look good in underwear. Yeah. Uh, she was really pissed off. I, I wrote. Uh, I read in Fangoria magazine. She was really pissed off about that scene because that wasn't originally in the movie. She wasn't supposed to do that. She wasn't supposed to take her clothes off. But the director and the producers wanted a little more action for the teen audience, the teen boys audience, so they had her do that. Well, her friend was the writer or producer. I can't remember which one. And uh, she refused to talk to him for years. After that? because But then then they she starred in one of his uh, – one of his – she starred in one of his uh, movies later on in life called Perfect Creature, and they kind of made up. But um, and he's like, "So just take your clothes off." But man, she was <laughs> she was in that article. Man, she was livid. That's funny because like you would think she would just be like, "I'm not doing it." Like, there's no, I'm not. Like, who holds the cards in that situation? Because if the actor's like, "I'm not going to do it," I would think the actor would. Because if the actor's going to say like, "I'm not doing that," and I'll walk off the set right now. Well, it depends on how much of the movie. If it's like the third day, they're like, "Yeah, go. We'll get someone See, else. We'll get someone else to do it." Yeah. We'll get Selma Hayek, who's in the We'll get Selma Hayek. Do it, yeah. yeah, we'll put you in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> and so anyway, so she 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 puts she takes her uh, wetsuit off, um, nice underwear. Um, mine would be covered in brown and yellow stains. Yeah, at so that would point. mine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she stands on top of her rubber wetsuit, pulls out a light fixture. Okay, that's one twenty five max. <laughs> Here's maintenance Adam yeah, coming in. That's one twenty five yeah. max, dude. I understand the sharks in water. Yeah. But come. Okay. So here's the thing I wanted to bring up. And I really want to ask like someone about this sometime. So like say if you have an like electrical shocks in the water or like a problem. Because like if you have a short on a dock, um, it could electri- electrify people in the thing. How far does that go out though? Well, see, th- th- that's the that's the mis- uh, misnomer of, of like water. Electricity and water. Water is conducts electricity yeah. but it's not a good conductor right because it it spreads it out yeah whereas like a copper wire is dr- direct it takes you directly yeah. there so uh the i would dispersion. i wouldn't think it would have a big but like d- kids, depending on the kids amount will of, die from like being shocked on like pools and stuff like that that's what makes me wonder like but but how big is the pool and how where was how close to okay the, so like some of these ones are like kids that'll be swimming near docks that have don't have this ground interrupter thing and the kids will get electrocuted and die in the water and things like that or like the pools i can't remember it's a movie with matt damon in it um where his kid dies in a pool in like siri or something like that um never gets like electrocuted i don't know yeah. but anyway it's like same kind of thing but like that stuff happens that's what makes me wonder like how far out can you go like say if we cut like a like giant power line that goes over a river. If that falls in the river, like if someone's like a mile downstream, will they still get electrocuted? A mile? I, I don't think a mile. I think it would. But like, how far out would you have to go to still get electrocuted by that? Makes me wonder. Okay, we'll, we'll be right back. We're gonna we're gonna call Amron. Yeah, and we're back. Uh, they told us never to call. Yeah, they said don't call us. Again. We're not gonna give out. That's, uh, that's classified. Yeah, classified. Okay, so uh, the shark's dead. I'm assuming she puts her. Wetsuit back so on. So she, uh, hold on, back it up. You're saying that electric electric thing wouldn't be enough to shock somebody. 125. Yeah, I've been shocked by 125. Was that that one time? Okay, so Adam and I used to work at the same place together, right. and he was a maintenance man there. And uh, I remember one time you were changing light bulbs, yeah, like industrial light bulbs, and you said it started vibrating. Yeah, and you, like it was basically the beginning of you getting electrocuted. Yeah, right? yeah, look, yeah. So, so he's it, standing it, on like a scissor lift. Uh, yeah, so it, it it grabbed me in my in and uh, this hat. Okay, 
so the way I talk about it, it's very poetic and dramatic. It happened in probably a split of a second. So yeah. I, I got I had to rewire the ballast, and I'm putting the and I'm putting the shield back up over top of the ballast. And, I, and there's a wire sticking out, so I, I stick my hands in there to put the wire back in there. And apparently I didn't get all the wire nut on one wire or something. But so I feel my finger. Like I said, this probably happens in a matter of a second, right? Yeah. So I feel my finger. I'm like, wow, my finger is really hot. And then I'm like, my finger is like tingling. And then I can feel my finger moving. Oh. And then I, then I can feel the tingling sensation going down my arm. And then, like I said, it's all happened in a matter of seconds. Yeah. And, then, and then my legs give out. And luckily, my legs give out. So you didn't know that, that my body weight caused my arm to pull itself away from the source. Yeah. Otherwise, that would have grabbed me and probably not let go. Yeah. Let go of me because it also happened to me. I was uh, at my current job. I was working on a PTAC, and like a dumbass, I didn't unplug it. And no I'm one knows what a PTAC is, by the way. Uh, it's those air conditioners that okay. go inside the walls. Yeah. That, you know, and like uh, hotel rooms. Yeah. And uh, so I, I had the guts out. Still had it plugged in. That's 220 going on. And um, uh, I'm, and they've got like little, uh, what's, transistors, I think is the right word. And my, Mexican radios. Yeah. And, <laughs> and my side, side of my finger hits the metal prong. Yeah. And it just instantly just shoots up my arm into my chest. And I go, fuck. And I go, and I yanked it like, oh, my God. That's that crazy. Sucked, yeah. So, so did, like when you were a kid, did you ever stick your fingers in the outlet? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I think I did it once, like at a yeah. friend's house, like it's like boom, and like I've touched like, um, um, like electric fences before, and got shocked by those, and those yeah. are a pretty good jolt, but it's like right. enough to be like annoying to where it just hurts. Right. And then um, the other one I've done um, was like I really hate static electricity, so I get to the point now like we're in the winter. I'll just like it's usually when I grab a door handle, but I try not to grab a door handle with the fleshy thing. So like now I just get to the point to where I, I like fist bump everything I touch because then it's like if I shock on the knuckles, it doesn't hurt as much as like the fleshy bits. I hate static. I it, do too. it doesn't hurt, but it's just it's more of the shock value. No yeah, pun, it's the no scared. Pun it's the scared. It's the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, shock value of it. Um, we got way up. So anyway, that wouldn't be enough to electrocute a shark. I wouldn't even if it's in the water. I wouldn't think That's so. That's a big cable though. But it's yeah. only 125 going through that? Well, yeah, you're not going to pump 220 into a small 60-watt light bulb. No, it wasn't going to the light bulb. It was going into like a uh, – it was one of those pieces that had like the big metal thing covering it over it. The it. conduit, yeah. Wasn't that going into the light bulb? No, I think it was going into like one of those electrical box things. Oh, well, all right. I think we're not. The- we're not – by the way, this went way off track to talk about <laughs> yeah. electricity and wiring. And yeah. The most unrealistic that's part not, of that's, Yeah, that's, that's okay. unrated. That stuff doesn't work. Okay. But anyway um, – yeah, so, very so, good scene. Okay, so really. uh, McAllister kills a shark. That le- so tally that leaves uh, three people, three humans alive: Carter, Preacher, and McAllister. Several humans dead. One gin left alive. The main one. The main one. I like how it always ends up that way. It's like they can kill a big one first, and then get the two smaller oh, ones. It's always like you gotta. It's like a boss fight. In, well, yeah. In a video game, we're gonna kill these two smaller ones, and then the it's, big ones. it's the way of nature, right? Okay, so then we're we're flowing to the climax. We're at the escape. Okay, uh, they're in the emergency hatch. The plan is to fill the room to equalize the pressure, open the hatch, use fire extinguishers tied to life jackets as decoys, and swim 60 feet to the surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carter makes the statement that uh, sharks are attracted to movement and color. That that's not correct, right? They don't. They're not attracted to color. I mean, they are super sharks, um... so maybe. Maybe a little bit. I mean, they know that like 
I think it's more shape than anything because it's right. they tend to attack things that, t- that look like turtles or like you know seals swimming right. that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't think so. So you're standing in this room; it's filling up with water. On the other side of the hatch is an eight thousand pound genetically altered mako shark. Gary, yeah. what is going through your head? Um, so I brought this up before in like other movies and stuff like that. I feel like I would have off myself way before any of this other stuff happened. Because like so like Red Dawn, you've seen Red Dawn, right? I have not. Okay, so basically it's a movie like the Russians attack. Right. right. It's like World War Three, right. and the Russians basically have already won, right? Right. Well, they're taking over, and they like actually shoot up a school and all that stuff too. It's actually fucked up, but like. I've told friends before, I was like, the part where they're loading you into the trucks and taking you off to the concentration camp and all that stuff like that, I would have just jumped off the, the truck and just let them, like, riddle me with bullets. I'm like, fuck this. Yeah. Like, I think I would have just been like, nah, I don't want to live. That's all right. I don't want to go through that. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. But, yeah, that's what's going, what's going through your mind. I'm going, man, it's fucking Thomas J next to Yeah. I, <laughs> just uh, slowly, just. Mm. Uh, yeah. There's no way I would make it. I, I would I would have been dead way before that. I, I, I would have done something fucking stupid. Here's what and, I think you would have happened. You would have started like, all right, let's go. And then you would have went the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, shit. Oh, we're supposed to oh, go. Yeah. I know we're going yeah. that way. No, yeah, I would have been dead a long time ago. See, I thought they were using the fire. I, I was like kind of like not paying attention at this point, I don't think. Because I thought they were going to use the fire extinguishers to like shoot them up. Well, they talked about no, because Carter said if you go up too quickly, then the, yeah, 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 the um, men's will hit you. Okay, so the decoys work. They make it to the service. Uh, LL is dragged away quickly by the shark. Um, he uses his crucifix to stab it in the eye, mm-hmm. which apparently is a legit tactic. Um, they there was like a bunch of theories about that. Like there used to be a theory like if they punch it in the nose, it'll go away. But well, that's according like, to Laura Croft. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, she fought sharks. Yeah, in one of the video games. Oh, okay. And in the second and then, movie, uh, like a lot of people say, if it's it's attacking you, punching you in the eye, or punching it in the eye, not it's punching you in the eye. That'd be fucked up. Just <laughs> get you down. Um, that it that that'll get it to stop attacking. But I don't know how true that is either. Plus, I don't know how it's, it's good. I don't know how. Your mindset would be like, okay, I'm being eaten by this animal. Let me hold on. Let me do this. Yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. be like, oh fuck, I'm being eaten by an animal. Well, the power of Christ compels him. Yeah. And Doesn't I'm, he say that during that? No. Does he? I think he's he's like as he's yelling, he's like the power of Christ compels. Because it just reminded me oh, of the Exorcist. Yeah, maybe. I'm, okay, I'll, I'll check this. There's a lot of rewatching on that. Yeah. Okay, so. Uh, Okay, so LL he's passed out in in, in up up on the uh, structure. It's just Carter and uh, McAllister. Carter claims the sharks herded the crew to where they needed to be, forcing them to flood the facility, causing the fence to sink. So the sharks get, wait. I'm going to read this, and I hope you participate. So he says, causing the fish to sink, so the sharks could reach the deep blue sea. Ding. <laughs> Uh, roll credits. Or, yeah. uh, so, oh, no, that's it. Roll credits, yeah. yeah. So anyway, this makes them out to be even more Bond villains. So first off, the fact that the sharks have enough cognitive ability to know that um, the bottom fence is made out of titanium, but the top fence is just made out of regular steel. Apparently sharks know uh, metal types now. Right. That doesn't make sense. Plus they're super sharks. Why don't they just fucking jump? Jump over the top. Yeah, yeah exactly. free willy style. Exactly. Exactly. So then you're saying the sharks know that. You're saying the sharks have enough cognitive ability to just be able to get you to flood a facility in order to sink it. It's like the sharks suddenly went from like, I kill this because it moves, 
to uh, cognitive ability and a lot in uh, structural engineering. James Bond like villain, I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Carter comes up with a plan. He takes apart some flares and crates, makeshift sticks of dynamite. Is that legit? Uh, probably not. Okay. Well, I mean, there is a part of a flare that's like an explosive charge a little bit. Right. Because that's what shoots it up in the air. Okay. Like certain flares. Okay. Uh, he's going to harpoon the gin with the flares. Uh, the flares are attached to the, the, the rope on the harpoon. Uh, McAllister will be at the opposite end of the, of the, the, the harpoon, the roped harpoon where he, she's going to attach it to a battery terminal causing the dynamite to explode. Right. That's, they, they that's bring the up, plan. I like how much they bring up dynamite in this movie. Do you remember the part where, uh, he, she's, uh, the female scientist is talking about like, um, oh, they're really smart creatures. If I got, and he's like. Do I, how many sticks of dynamite do you need to sit off around your head to get you to start Four thinking clearly? Shadowing Four shadowing, there. yeah. And uh, the part where the flares are going up in the air and she's walking out, she's uh, like, oh, what's going on? Right. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. I'm telling you, this is like an experiment in like how many times can we foreshadow everything in this movie? So the, the plan is quickly fucked. Uh, Carter can't make the shot, can't get the shot off. McAllister jumps in the water as a decoy to bring the shark back over. The shark approaches... And then stops right in front of McAllister as she's waiting for her no, to stop. No, she starts to get out and it starts to attack her, but like the thing doesn't. Like, right. she so tried, was she trying to kill herself and then like had second thoughts? No, no, she was trying to lure well, it. Well, two things might have happened. She may have just trying to be a decoy and hoping uh, Carter was going to kill it before it got there. Yeah. Or she was really like legitimately trying to sacrifice herself and then saw the shark turn around. She's, she's like, like, oh, that. fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> oh, I thought she fuck. was trying to kill herself. Yeah. And then she's just like, she sees the shark. She's like, I'm ready to die. She sees the shark. She's like, all right, fuck that. Let's go. Yeah. Get out of here. Buyer's remorse. Yeah. Uh, no. But no. So if you go to the, the, the but gym. But the shark stops. The shark stops and waits for Carter to jump, jump in the water. water. It's like he wanted it to see that it's going to kill it. It's, it's a like super, super girlfriend. shark. Yeah. But it's like it's like he knows that like. It's like the shark knows that uh, Carter's somewhat kind of romantically involved yeah, with this chick. Kind of like, and kind of likes her. Yeah. And so he like waits for her to get in the water. And like in the sea, and then he just rips her apart. Yeah, the shark's like, <laughs> shark's like, right before I eat you, I'm gonna emotionally fuck you. Yeah, up. exactly. It's just uh, like so bizarre. Like, why would you do that? So then and she gets ripped in half. God, she gets eaten whole, man. No, I thought she got ripped in half. She gets chopped down. Oh, did she? Yeah, munched up. Ugh. Uh, okay, so then, so McAllister's gone. It's just uh, Preacher, uh, Carter, and Gen One. Uh, the gin attacks Carter. Carter uses shark foo once again, mm-hmm. foreshadowing from earlier, mm-hmm. to escape and goes uh, for a ride holding the shark fin. The passed out LL wakes up and shoots a harpoon, hitting the shark, but also Carter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carter is ripped from the shark after it breaks through the fence. Uh, LL ignites the dynamite and the final gin is killed. Because he's like sitting there thinking, like, do I set this off? While this... It's like the classic, like, it reminds me a lot of... Um... What's the one where it's got like uh, Roadrunner? Wiley like Coyote. The, and Wiley Coyote. Right. Like he's like, well, do I blow this up? And like the spool's going out <laughs> and things like that. So like wouldn't Thomas Jane have like severe injuries from like being attached to the shark with a harpoon and then hitting that fence so hard? Well, first of all, your answer will always be it's Thomas Jane. So no. And he's like, oh, fuck. And he gets caught. Or like I would imagine like he would get like ripped apart from hitting that fence. Not like rip his leg out thing. And then, like, two, like, is the facility sunken enough now that it's hitting the the fence that's it's hit, not? Yeah, it's, it's hitting, the, the, it's okay. hitting the standard fence. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, I love the part too where like the the shark's hitting the fence. So like, she cuts herself. This is a little bit before, but she cuts herself. The shark's like hitting the fence. And he's like, "Wait, I'm almost out." But let me go back and kill this bitch. Wait, wait, is that wine <laughs> or blood? Because I yeah, really like that. Like, the shark like wants to get out. It's like yeah. almost through, and it like like stops and like 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 you would see a normal villain dude, like not a shark, just right. stops and like and like turns his head and looks back and like, oh, "I'm gonna go kill this bitch." Right. right. Like it's just ah, this is so bizarre. It turned into a, a, a your typical villain, man. So then he blows up the shark. Blows up shark. Like at the last few seconds, by right. the way. Which where was the dynamite? Was it attached to the harpoon? It was attached to the harpoon. Okay, yeah. so he was like deciding it, it like said, I shouldn't do this. Right. Instead of where the trank the tranquilizer was, he dynamite. Instead. Dynamite was yeah. Um, that's a giant explosion for like three flares worth of of. Uh, TNT well, he, he said he said like, it. Gunpowder. He said it equal. He said this. Carter said this will probably give us about two sticks of dynamite. Yeah, that's still a lot. I, it, just, it seemed weird. Like, yeah. it was very strange to me that I was like, I mean, it's th- that kind of movie. But it was, like, very strange to be like, what the fuck Plus, is going on? Plus, to bring up your question, even if Carter survived the harpoon through the leg, the harpoon being ripped out because it's got the reverse barb on it, yeah. and survived being smashed up against the fence, the implosion would have turned his internal organs. Into well, I think that's why they had it swim out far enough oh, to do that. But right. yeah, you're right. Um, it just like the way that movie ended was just like very like okay, that's <laughs> all right. So, uh, so the final scene is Carter and Preacher. They're beat up and bloody. Uh, they're watching as the next shift pulls in. Uh, well, because they're wondering like, how the fuck are we gonna get like? Well, we killed the shark, but what the fuck do we do? It now? was kind of a funny joke. Carter had his feet dangling in the water, and, and I pre- love that because that's how the movie started. The movie started and ended the same way. What do you mean? With the person's foot dangling in the water, and they're worried about sharks. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all, it all comes back. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I kind of like because uh, preacher's like, hey man, there there are three sharks, right? And Carter's like, He's like yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. He's like, you sure? He's like, and then he pulls, and he pulls his, his foot, foot out. Of the water. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so I wrote Finn yeah. as, as a little joke. Finn. That's French for in. Fiend. Fiend. Pronounced. Uh, shut up. Uh, <laughs> so okay, so what were your thoughts? Did, did it hold up for you from your initial watching back in 1999? So or? okay, here's the thing. I thought this. I don't know where this got mixed up in my head, but for the longest time, I thought Deep Blue Sea was a movie about a. Um, cruise ship sinking and sharks attacking people inside the cruise ship oh that's the porn parody oh is it yeah no i don't know but anyway i swear there's a movie that's like that where the shark's swimming down like halls and stuff like i couldn't find it when i looked it up is it uh bait maybe i don't know but like i swear i saw a movie like that but like some of the scenes from that matched up with what happened in this movie that's what made me like threw me off but i swear there's one where it's like swimming down the thing and i don't know but like that's what i thought it was, but like, it was just like I took it as seeing it now as like this is one of those typical '90s action movies that has to do with like animals or stuff like that, you know, and that it's kind of messed up. A lot of it's cheesy. A lot of cheesy stuff happens, and at the end, you know, it's just like everything happy at the end. Are you thinking of Deep Rising about the giant like squid tentacle? That might be it, also? actually. And I must have just thought it was a where shark. they where they it's got Treat Williams takes Famke Jansen. I think on, I am thinking a, about deep jet, jet ski and they shoot out. But they're in like a uh, they're on a ship, right? Yeah, big old cruise. Yeah, yeah. Cruise I think that's what it is. But I didn't know it was a squid. 
Well, I mean, it's uh, like an H.P. Lovecraft style yeah. tentacle monster. See, I thought it was. A sh- I thought there were sharks in that movie, but maybe not. Okay. Um, I think that is what it is. Now I know. Okay, before we get to our rating of the flick, I got some. What clo- did you think of it, though? Well, hang on. Okay, we'll get we'll get to some closing facts about the film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, director Rennie Harlan has stated that this was the hardest flick he's ever made. Why? Uh, he didn't say. Oh. I'm assuming probably water scenes. But up to that point, he had made Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Die Hard 2, Cliffhanger, Cutthroat Island, and Long Kiss Goodnight. Of those, probably what? Cliffhanger being the most popular one? Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4 was popular. Uh, Die Hard 2, yeah, I don't know. Die Hard 2 is not my favorite Die Hard. It's my least favorite Die Hard. I would have thought Cliffhanger would have been harder to make. I would have thought so, too. Yeah. Because it's like Stallone on the side of a mountain. Cutthroat Island is considered the worst movie ever made. So. Really? Yeah. I might have to watch yeah. that. Uh, this was Thomas Jane's breakout role. Really? Yeah. Okay. He, he, he was like the indie movie darling up until that point. Uh, neither of the two supposed heroes of the movie kill any sharks. Sam Jackson, Thomas Jane, they kill no sharks. Why are they considered movie heroes though? Why are they? Because well, they're kind of set up to be the, to be okay to be yeah. the hero. Oh, yeah, Thomas Jane doesn't kill any sharks. That's right. L O Cool J. Well, no, he kills the one at the end. Oh, technically uh, he doesn't. L O Cool J kills two. Saffron Burroughs kills one. Yeah, that's right. He does kill yeah. two sharks. Yeah. Legendary shark killer. Okay, so you asked you asked about my okay. So I enjoy the flick. I initially did and still do. Yeah. Uh, it's just uh, a great. Fun action horror disaster animal movie. Um, if I catch it on TV, I'll watch it for a bit. If not, watch it all. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll put it on when I'm working out. Um, I, I, I I don't have a problem with the super sharks. I buy into it. But if you're gonna have a movie with the super sharks and you set them up to be super sharks, you can't have them be dumb normal sharks. When the plot needs it, yeah, like they they can't just switch it off. Like they, if there's sharks that are smart enough to know that they need to sink a facility, collapse it so they can get over the fence and get out and get free. You can't have them be like, oh, do do do. Like <laughs> like okay, so they know what a gun is. Yeah, they know what cameras do and are. Yeah, but they fall for a fire extinguisher floating in the yes. water. There's no fucking mm-hmm. way. Yeah, exactly. Um, like I said, these are just fire scenes for floating water, and they fall for the uh, old switcheroo on the uh, sub on the scuba trick too. Well, that's classic. You'll never not fall for that. That's true. That's yeah. scuba diving always fall for that. Um, so it's so, like the bear scene in Black Dynamite, where he's dressed up as a bear. Remember that? Where he puts the bear on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen Black Dynamite, go watch yeah, it. It's an amazing movie. Uh, we'll finish this podcast and go watch it. Yeah. Um, there's no way LL Cool J McAllister they would they would have been snapped up on those those dresser or those shelving units barely yep. out of the water. Um, if because like I said, if they're smart enough to to knock us not only know what a sub is, knock it down so they can't use it, smash a helicopter into a, a tower, a two foot shelving unit barely out of the water is not going to keep these sharks. And the from, fact when LL Cool J gets to the other side and gets to the top oven part. And it's, it's like the shark's still smashing the bottom one. I was like, well, you can see that he's doing that. Yeah. According to the vision they have. Right, right, right. It's right in their nose. Uh, I don't really have a problem with the CG. It's a it's a product of its time. It's decent for that time period. Yeah. I mean, it had better CG than Dark Country. 
Way better, and that was like ten years later. Uh, the only the only problem I have is we we mentioned many times it's the scaling issue. Yes, they talk about how big they are, mm-hmm. but you don't really get a sense of it. So, or the times when they do give you a sense of it, they contradict it later. Yeah, 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 right, right. Because so, like, I was look when I was looking this up, I was looking up different uh, other shark movies that were considered like the worst shark movies, and there's one of the Jaws ones, I think, or it's one of those ones that's on like uh, maybe it's one of the Sharknado ones. Where they were talking about what's the one where the sharks like swimming around in, in the uh, like swamp, killing people? I don't know. Oh no, it's called Ghost Shark. It was some video talking about like the movie Ghost Shark, right? <laughs> right. And they were talking about one of the big criticisms of it, besides the fact that it was a ghost shark. Right. Which, by the way, there's a scene in Ghost Shark, or maybe it was another one. But anyway, there's a scene in Ghost Shark where the guy drinks a little bit of water out of like a water jug, and the ghost shark comes out of him, like as he's sitting there in the office. What? Building. Yes. Okay. All right. Amazing. I'll see. Um, but anyway, it's in one of these scenes where they talk about one of the biggest complaints being the scaling of the sharks. Like it's a shark big enough to eat a cruise ship, and then it's a, and then they show another scene where it's like eating like a little small boat, and it's the same size. Right. Yeah. But like that's this movie has that problem too. Right. And I don't get why they don't like no one addresses that. It's just bizarre. Right. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Because we're running a little long in the tooth here. Any, any... Long in the tooth. Um, I thought it was. Um, I thought it was good, but I feel like there's things that definitely could have been a lot better in it. But, dang, we've been here that long. Dang. Uh, do, you, do you want to check your notes real quick for I asked you to, the three questions of this podcast? Oh, I had um, one more thing. Let me see if I can find it. Um, if you were in this situation, how would you want to go out? Oh, God, I would want to die in a helicopter crash. I think I would have, too. Like, I'd rather burn alive. Or I want to be on the weekend crew that has to, the week crew that leaves during the weekend and comes back. By the way, could you imagine being that crew and coming back and just seeing like, oh my god, what the hell happened here? But to, so they can't be that far off the coast if they if they're only there for five days and they go home and come thing back. Like a small boat, yeah, yeah. The other thing too, this movie with the scenes towards the end reminded me a lot, but it, how it went from like um, light to just or from like darkness, complete darkness to like, right. all of a sudden it's like midday. Right, 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 so that part right. cracked me up, and then also, this reminded me a lot of Waterworld ish. And I don't think I've ever seen Waterworld completely. I think I've just seen some of the previews and stuff right, like right. that for it. But it reminded me of like once they get to the top and everything's destroyed. It reminded me a lot of Waterworld. oh yeah, okay, I can see that. Fair yeah. enough, fair enough. Weird. Um, that's all I got. Okay, all right, uh, Gary. Three questions. Uh-huh. If you weren't doing this podcast, would you have seen this flick? Which which you did? Yes. Would you watch it again? And would you recommend this flick? Um, I. The would you watch it again? Question is probably a bad one for me because most movies I would never watch again after I've seen it once. Fair enough. Um, so this one probably not unless it was to check up on some of those things like the arm position and like a couple of those other things. I would probably go back and watch parts of it to see it again. Okay. And then what was the last one? What would I rate it? Would you recommend this? Would I recommend it? Yeah, I would recommend it. It's kind of a rough question because I'm the dude you'd probably recommend it to. No, I would recommend it to other people. Okay, all right. I say yeah, watch it. It's worth it. Worth the time. Okay. So here at Jane's Got a Pod, we have a rating system out of four, uh, but we do it different. We give it a Jane rating. It's If it's a four out of four, it's a full-on Jane. Three out of four, it's a Jan. Two out of four, it's a Juh. And, and if it's just a one, it's a J. Yeah. Okay. Gary? I already know what you're going to give it. Oh, you know. And I'm going to give it a Jane, too. You're giving it a full-on Jane. I'm giving it a Jane. We're both going full-on Jane. Yeah, I okay. think so. All right. I think because it's just it's, it's, it's a good movie. It's The CGI wasn't terrible. Um, given there's no 
criteria for this rating system, so it doesn't literally doesn't matter. The <laughs> um, CGI wasn't terrible. Um, there was parts in it where you can like, oh yeah, that's believable. So I, I give it, a, I give it a Jane, full Jane. I give it a full Jane. It was my first introduction to Thomas Jane. Uh, I didn't know, I didn't really. I mean, I knew who he, I didn't really know who he was, but it made me want to uh, watch watch the rest of his movies and maybe become a uh, a fan of his. Uh, I enjoyed his character a lot. I wish I was as cool as that fucking character. Um, it's it's awesome. It's just an awesome, fun flick. It's shut your brain off, do laundry while you're watching. You know. Yeah. Um, so, question on the Thomas yeah. Jane thing: Did you know his birthday before you watched this movie? No, no. So this was like got you into it. No, no, no. Okay, so what happened was I'd watched this movie and I was a, I was a wannabe stuntman. So this movie. And his character is involved in a lot of stunts. So when I would reenact the stunts, I was always him. So then I, he ended up being the Punisher. So I ended up just following him. And then one day, uh, I was on Internet Movie. I was on my birth. No, I was on one day. I was on Internet Movie Database, and I had noticed that they did birthdays. And then like my birthday was the following month. Mm-hmm. And so I had been a fan of Thomas Jane for a couple of years at this point. Yeah. So my birthday was the, uh, the following month. And I looked it up. And I was like, fuck, this Thomas Jane's on my birthday. Yeah, so, <laughs> so that made me like him even more. Wow. So This was longer than the movie, wasn't it? Yeah. And th- yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, it was. And that's why on my birthday, except for this year, because I did this podcast, I always watch a Thomas Jane movie. Yeah. This time we talked about a Thomas, Thomas Jane, Jane movie. Thomas Jane movie. And finally, thing before I do the closing? Nope. Okay, because we we went long here. Yeah. Okay, so this has been Jane's Got a Pod. If you like this episode and you like Thomas Jane, then please check out upcoming episodes. Or if you like Gary Davis, please uh-huh. check. Uh, my plan is to go through. Well, I guess technically our plan is to go through his entire filmography. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to do this one episode a month or two a month. Just whenever me and Gary can get together. We live in different towns. Uh, if you have a particular film you want to want to talk about, or you know, uh, or you want to know more about Thomas Jane, or if you're Thomas Jane himself, please email the show at janegotapod at gmail dot com. Uh, please check out my other podcasts in the DCP universe, Damage Control Podcasting, a weekly show I do with Daniel Tyler and Cody. We talk about the conventions, ideas, and genres of filmmaking. We also did a uh, commentary for this movie, so check that out. You can find that show and this show show on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, as well as Twitter. Um, Gary, I'm going to leave us with a dramatic reading from L.O. Cool J's masterpiece, Deepest Bluest. But is this his, the song that he made out of this? Yeah. That's amazing. Because the... Uh, I was going to comment on this. Too. I actually forgot about this part. Right. The the song he sings at the end of this is like so to it's like things you don't see in movies anymore. So there's two things. One, there's not there's not really a full soundtrack made from movies anymore. I feel right. like that are actually like they try to turn them and be hits. Right, right, right. And then two, like this would have been a perfect game, I think, for like you know how they used to make video games based right. off of movies. Oh yeah, this would have been a perfect This would have been the best one they've ever take, done. You could take scenes right and out of they, the movie. Yeah, and they didn't do it. Like like you said, the platforming thing, that right. could have easily been it. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. Like all that stuff could have easily been that. But yeah, his his the I knew you were gonna bring this up because right. his his this song is something else. So I, I I leave you This is the song that starts when the credits run. My hat is like a shark's fin. <laughs> Deepest bluest. <laughs> I'm going to do a dramatic reading from LL Cool J's masterpiece, Deepest Bluest. I'm going to read the first verse, lyrics. Man-made terror, hungry jaws of death. Y'all don't cross my depths, I'll pause your breaths. I call it 
right? Thank you. I, I well, I'm trying. I caused you to sink down forty thousand leagues, bleeding to death with no arms and short sleeves. My head is like a shark's fin. My head is like a shark's fin. Deepest bluest. <laughs> <laughs> so watching the credits on a lot of these two, he has a lot of the songs in this. He made like three or four songs really? for this movie. I'm telling you, I wonder if that shot was just like a friendly joke or if he really shot, you know, in that party scene. Yeah, that's a good question. All right, all right, all right. 